make money on MMA? Let be. You wanna know who to put in your parlay? Let be. You wanna know a DraftKings stay away? Let be. So, who has the Leslie Smith underdog pick? Who is the Mexican dude and the lesbian chick? Everybody second me. Let's go with the pain. Who's that out there living their dream? Let's go with the pain. Smoking all the green, let's ball, hands the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's ball, where's the bean? You wanna make money on MMA? Let be, you wanna know who to put in your palm? Welcome back, welcome back. Everybody to the show, what a weekend of fights. What a week we have ahead of us. This is definitely one of the most active times for UFC and dare I say some people out there are saying that this is an oversaturated uh, time of year right now and there's so much going on with baseball, football, and all these other sports that uh, it's taking away a bit and that's why we're getting some of these lower rated cards. Other people are saying that it's just so many cards throughout the year that we need to pull it back to where we used to have like three cards a year. Seven cards a year. I remember that as a kid, like all VHS every once in a while. But uh, I'm almost glad I didn't watch UFC back then. Yeah, it's too long of a far apart. I'm not complaining. I'm loving it. But we're hardcore here. And uh, what a weekend! How did your Sao Paulo card end up turning out? How did your Sao Paulo evening? I would say fair. Fair. It turned out fair this week. It was definitely. a shocker, there was a couple that really did upset the night. I think there was a complete robbery early <laughs> it's on so in the weird night. How oh. excited I was to talk about this card, but now as the other UFC gets closer, or UFC 7, 217 gets closer, I cannot even. I'm like, what happened? Oh, yeah, we're talking about Sam Paula. Oh, yeah. Let's go back. No, let's fight. talk about it. And right, there was so much that happened. There's so much about the weekend to talk about. It's just funny that how quickly my head, my squirrel brain is 217, 217, 217. And just so much that happened uh, after this post card with Covington coming through with a win. He was the favorite. His wrestling really took over, never stayed on the ground, took Masvidal's advice, and really took the heel turn. He's been playing it up, but... It's at an all-time high, and love him or hate him, he's making money the more you say his name. And now there's even fighters such as Ben Saunders specifically calling Covington out, uh, saying, uh, ranks me nothing, I'm going to submit you because he's talking about Laborio. Who cares, Ben Saunders? (laughs) Who cares? Why would Colby Covington talk all this shit, do all this to get finally some recognition to then fight Ben Saunders? No offense, Ben Saunders. Colby should be looking forward. I think him and Woodley is an interesting fight. This is how you. This is how the UFC works these days. Agreed, a hundred percent. And he has to sit down with a commission, like the niceness commission of the UFC, because of what. What do you think about what he said about Brazilians? Um, I wouldn't personally go that route, but I love that somebody else does. Because I can watch them take all the heat and I just giggle on my computer as I'm watching all of the clips. Uh, I love his official, Cody's official statement, or Colby, that to all of the fans that spit at him and 
he was just going on a day of work that all the filthy animals that treated him, hopefully his hosts didn't feel like he disrespected them. Somewhere along those lines, I'm misquoting it by far, but it was a backhanded type of apology where he still called all of the fans that were dirtbags. Yeah, he's like, I had to have two securities outside. I went to work today. If you guys haven't looked it up, you can look up his uh, report. It's actually a great statement. Yeah, and if anyone was in any country... It is what it is. There's a ton of Brazilian fight fans now for at least the rest of his career. They're going to tune in to watch him hopefully get beat in their head. So why not? Do you think that in most states, if there was a Brazilian or another national nationality that came in and was beating American fighters in their hometown, would they get that type of treatment? security guards everywhere would they get spit on would they get trashed i feel like there might be one or two bottles but it's not going to be the entire crowd where colby had the entire crowd if even the main event trying to fight him before the main event which we called the main event 100 percent right didn't go as far as i thought it was gonna ended up being one round and leota machida was night night it's just time for him to move along but did you hear that he was trying to pick a fight with colby as well saying i'll fight you right now you don't do that here in brazil oh it's so stupid it, it really is so stupid colby's playing a character that has been played a hundred times over we saw matt brown do it just recently we've seen everybody do it not even in ufc and really the whole entire can you imagine if they were in ohio like me and you fighting in Ohio and all of Ohio is screaming, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. That is exactly what they're doing in Brazil. Right. Like I can't even fathom it. So there's things that culturally are a little different on both sides of it, but it's, so, it's for the love of the sport. It's all just makes things. It's shit talking. It is shit talking. And with the, you're going to die chance and the other chance in the way that they support their country, I totally agree. But the way that they show, a disrespect for the other fighter in there. I'm just like, why? How are you surprised that somebody's pushing back? Everyone's supposed to just take your guys's bullshit when we come in and wreck Brazil. And almost a lot of Brazilian people go whoop my ass, but it, you don't act like that. I mean, you're civilized. You just you flip him the finger, you boo him, but you don't spit at him. It's for the love of sport. Yeah. it's all for the love you of boo sport. Him. It, it, that's that's it's about just it. The way it. It's kind of yes. It's just for it's this gladiators for Agreed, what it is. Agreed, exactly. Even for if what whatever it is. it's that he's putting out, he's out there, he's the second part of that fight. That fight doesn't happen if he's not in there. Everyone's Good or making bad. a big deal out of it, but everyone's talking about uh, two months ago, was anyone saying Colby Covington? No. And we were, ta- we were just talking shit about his stupid Twitter and how he yeah, does he's stuff. Been a but his stupid Twitter is how he got the fight to begin with. Yep. He was smart to get the fight. He knows Damian Maia was, this is now looking at it, the smart thing about him and this fight is he got the weakest version of Damian Maya from being too old with too many cuts too soon. Damian Maya had a hell of a first round. Did he or does Colby just have a shitty stand-up game? Which is something that in the future I will be sure like, hey, he's got an elite wrestling game, but he is Colby Covington is not an elite striker. A striker. He was very overextended on many of his punches. Where an elite striker is going to pivot around the corner and actually make you pay. Damian Maya just doesn't have the ability to make. Colby pay for the times that he was out of position because he is a bit more advanced in age. But Colby didn't come out unbloodied. He had multiple stitches. Colby, like, he was in a battle. And Damian Maya, who threw 12 strikes in the four fights prior to this, uh, maybe even prior to the five-rounder he just had. But he had, like, four or five fights where it was 12 strikes. So 
Damian Maya isn't in there to strike, and I think he put on a good showing. But again, he's probably on his way out. He could beat a lot of people, though, still. Colby Covington's up there. Damian Maya should kind of play the Brazilian... He, he can just fill seats in Brazil now. He can just fight there. He can mm-hmm. always take up and comers. He can always be on the main card. There's a couple Agreed. of guys they could move right out. Like, we don't need to see Bigfoot fight anymore in Brazil. So they we don't need to see Leota Machida fight anymore. So why Agreed. can't... Uh, what's his face just become that? Damian Maia just become that guy. The Brazilian old guy we watch fight every card. Yeah, the the sport's definitely moving quite along, and it's going to have quite a bit of narrative throughout our podcast, I feel like. Father Time, and eventually it catches up with all, all of us. So, back to the beginning of the night, we had Gloam finish Cristiano Colombo. That was Colombo, it shouldn't be in the UFC, and Gloam isn't going to have that easy of a fight next time around. He is athletic. Let He's the hype train build on him so we can make money. Agreed. Uh, but I do think that Gloam has... A lot of fun fights that are going to be competitive that he could still win. Because he he has really good hips for such a big guy. And his build, how you were just saying how much UFC is changing and how much it's moving along. 265 guys used to not be built like him. Yeah, they can just run circles around. He's like a 265er with cardio. Yeah, at one, at 22. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. So I'm actually really excited for Gloom. Colombo, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> it's time to move on. Sorry, sir. But I think you're like 38, 39, something like that. And it's just time. Moving on to a split decision, if not a robbery. We had the Viacian Figueroa beating Jared Brooks in a controversial split decision. I thought Brooks won three rounds, if not two, 29-28. I, I didn't understand it at all. Um, a lot of people said that Figueroa, again, being the hometown favorite, was jumping into submissions and almost submitting Brooks. Almost horseshoe and hand grenades people we ain't playing that we fighting that submission either got it or didn't and jared brooks wasn't in that much danger a failed in those submission chokes. is like a failed punch agreed you don't score it i would agree 100 percent with that but they there was a reason that the that we said hey on these decision fights be careful we got some home cooking happening with these judges and this was a we clear. knew better we right and that's we knew better we stay away from this a little bit and i do think jared brooks actually had 50 DraftKings points compared to figueroa's with a win 45 points if that tells you anything mega takedowns i think three or four takedowns in a couple of rounds for jared brooks it's just unbelievable that that was a split decision Moving on to the next fight, we had Zaleski versus Max Griffin. This ended up being the fight of the night. This got the uh, performance of the night. Both fighters had a back and forth hell of a round. Max Griffin needs to get his cardio up a little bit more. Zaleski uh, was hurt a few times but really came together. I really want to see both of these guys. I think Max Griffin is just in a hard division right now at 170. I don't think he should step away. I know he's got a couple win and losses, but that's a fun addition. Zaleski keeps on trucking. Gonna keep an eye on both of these fighters. I think they Murder both won in this row, fight. This yeah. division. It's just how fun did this division all of a sudden become? It used to be a dead front. division for a bit with Wood T Wood just holding out decisions, but all of a sudden the 170 guys are clamoring for that belt, and T Wood's like, I I want to fight GSP too, guys. I want to fight GSP. <laughs> I want to fight GSP and Bisping. Whoever yeah. wins that, exactly. I want to fight. I don't. Oh, it makes me furious. Hey, me too. It's it makes me so furious. bad. It's so infuriating. You don't get to make those calls Agreed. because your fights don't draw shit. Right, and it's not because of your race, homie. Oh. 
So, race, race, race. <laughs> moving on to the next fight, we had uh, Jared Gordon defeating Hakran Diaz. Jared Gordon has an incredible gas tank. Striking's coming along and his wrestling, his pressure really came through. I think Gordon is a tough fight for anybody at the 155 division. Hakran is also slouching a little bit. He was really tired after a round and a half of that constant pressure. And Gordon, to anyone if he does that, is going to be a tough fight. Um... I'm not as big still on that hype train with Gordon. I think there's tougher fights out there for him, but can't wait to see him. Diaz, he's going to win a couple here and there, but I think he's, uh, he's hanging he's, on to a contract he, barely. He's hit the peak. Yeah. He's peaked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's on the way down. Noted. So that's unfortunate. Moving on to the next fight, we had Antonio Cara de Zapato, Carlos Jr. versus Jack Marshman. I had Marshman on a couple bouts, but uh, ended up going with Jr., for the, I feel like submission, if not decision, switched it somewhere in there. And Junior came out. Striking is really much more together. Marshman is a striker, and uh, Junior J- used his striking to use Junior's takedowns. Junior's interesting well. in this division again, all of a sudden. Yeah, to I me. agree. He's put it together. He's really come together as of late with his training camps and adjusted to MMA, where he was a more jujitsu guy yes, and screwed. Yes, now he's agree. more of a striker. So it is. That's a fun. Getting uh, to be a contender in there. Marshman, you're barely holding Gee, on to him. Marshman should be fighting like Mickey Gall when he fights at 185 or something. Yeah, he's he's close. He's hanging on to a contract. He might have one more fight just because he has exciting fights, but that's not a good way to go about it. Moving on to the next fight, we had a submission choke in the second round for Vincente Luque versus Nico Price. Luque is the guy who came through. He was probably the lowest DraftKings owned guy. A lot of people were on that. Uh, price train and i have been on that price train but straight punches be looping punches and uh i thought the stand-up was better for price i rewatched I the fight again i thought he was getting His, picked apart if if you rewatch i don't know if you i haven't re- rewatched it oh, okay. i watched it once the in round one the announcers daniel cormier leaned heavy on luke they uh-huh. were pointing out everything he did yes i thought the leg kicks that you pointed out earlier the leg kicks crazy that's something that i definitely paid attention to on the yeah, third my, time i watched it but i watched the stand up again easily punches i would say price got through every time and landed more uh the thing i did like about luke he kept his hand so close to his face he had a really good guard mm-hmm. um but he didn't really land that many but he landed like in the first round like two really great shots yeah 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 he knocked uh, down price, which happens the price in a lot of his fights He's regularly knocked down, which is the higher it gets, the more likely that's going to happen. And then this happens where the submission came because of the hands. Price was hurt in an exchange, Agree. but it was Once all set up the leg round kicks. came in, and I think that's partial corner, yeah. too. It was like they completely figured out what was going on with Price altogether. Second round comes on, entirely Luke. Yep. Entirely. It was like any of the grasps of where Vince, or where Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> Where Price would eke his way. Anything that I felt like he had control over in round one, it was not there in round two at all. And his leg was torn apart, but he doesn't, Price doesn't check leg kicks as much as he should. And that, that happened. You could see all of a sudden Price's leg stuck to the ground because he wasn't even stopping any of those kicks and they were well enough, but that set the rest of the fight. The first three minutes of the fight, Luke worked on the upper leg. Yeah. And then when they immediately come into that second round, only kick lower leg. To the shit. To it the was like path. wherever he was put. Now he has that heavy leg like you were just yeah. talking about stuck to the canvas and he's kicking that. Yep. And he can't move around very, and you can just pin it. Very smart. 
very methodical. Smart. So still though, I think Price has. I like both guys so much. I wish they would have never. It was a bit early. It's a bit early, but this is going to be one of those things when Luke goes further, Price is going to be like, hey, I only lost to a top contender. It's not going to look as bad the further these guys go in their career. Price is still going to have uh, many good fights. I think he can beat a lot of fighters. Still money to be had on both of these and guys. he still had like 27 or 25.5 or yeah, something Yeah, it was a valiant like effort for sure. He never gave up at all, even though he was starting to get beat pretty badly. Moving on to the next fight, we had a decision between John Lineker versus um, Chito Vera. Another valiant effort, but uh, I think that pressure slash those body shots to the head combinations just... If this would have been a five-rounder, Chito was going to pull away with this fight, but in the three-rounder, uh, it was mean, enough. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, Lineker looked good. Agreed, agreed. It was just forward pressure, forward momentum. He was finding a home for every single one of his strikes. <laughs> yeah. It was like there was a time that Cheeto looked like a punching bag. Agreed. Uh, he ended up with an okay amount of points to really let you fill your card with whoever you wanted to. But agreed. it wasn't you weren't going to get first place so with him on your card. Therefore, though, the DK price was so good on Cheeto Vera because he didn't get finished. Unlike Marshman, who ended up crapping me out with like five points, six uh. points. Vera, it's had those even though he got beat the whole time. Um, for the lowest guy on DraftKings, he was it definitely. It was not a, a great night player. of DraftKings. I'm gonna be honest for me. Uh, I ended uh, up, um, you know, probably ten percent down. I it's not actually too awful. I was but. like ten percent up, so I barely. I Give was, me my money back! <laughs> Give me my money back! <laughs> yeah, I ended up. Before I went to bed, I thought the lines were going to close, and then I woke up and it added a couple more bucks in the time I went to sleep. So I don't know how they get the – if they go back and watch the fights and add or just over the night, but I don't know when they finally put that money in your account. I'm glad for basketball this week, so I'm alive for my 217 USA 217 so, moving on, we had Tiago Santos finish Jack Hermanson wow, in the first round. Wow, this is where I was so wrong. I think this is what cost me, this this fight. I had Hermanson in a lot. I thought he was really going to come through. This I feel like this was my worst pick of the night that cost me most on my DraftKings cards. You ended up switching because I thought you had Santos at the land of last... I would I would love to take credit for just what we aired, but I ended up switching at the last. I listened to Lesbo in the Bean, uh-huh. and I switched to Hermanson. <laughs> so I had Hermanson KO round two. By Dang the time it. we <laughs> by the time we went to this was a bad call. I mean, he couldn't keep up with the power of Santos. Santos is heavy, heavy, heavy handed, and he's really got his takedown defense under control. And Hermanson just couldn't take it. Could not take those heavy punches. In Brazil. Santos is a berserker. I mean, he let loose a five, six punch combination Every time, to finish that fight. This is just it. When Santos fights in Brazil, he may or may not be juiced to the gills. He, because it, there was an unbelievable size advantage there in that fight. Um, yeah, I had Hermanson on a lot. And it really, this is why I didn't win because everybody else I had really came through. On my cards. Moving on, we had Francisco Turnaldo defeat Jim Miller in unanimous decision. I'm surprised this wasn't finished a couple times. Easy unanimous decision. Jim Miller, on your way out. We already talked our way through this one. Turnaldo, still going to be a high-level gatekeeper, but I don't think he makes a run for the title anytime soon. Just, you could see he out-muscled and sized Jim Miller the entire fight. Didn't matter who was technically better. Uh, is going to do that to a lot of people in the division. This is a plateau fight. Both guys aren't really going anywhere. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Both guys are going to fight more guys that are on the plateau. 
of right or coming up and making their names off of these type of fighters unfortunately at this point in their careers moving on to the next fight we had pedro munoz defeating rob font via guillotine choke this was set up by the strikes i really didn't like how much munoz got hit but he does tend to do that in fights but he never slowed him down one bit uh, I feel like he wobbled Font in an exchange and then jumped on that guillotine. One-arm guillotine. Very rare, but Font was tapping on that roll when he rolled through on that. Did you happen to catch that by? I changed to Munoz by the end. I think I had Font on air. I yeah. changed to Munoz. So, eh, he give, came give out, one, take one. Because he saved my night. Munoz saved my night with 108. I Munoz believe. at weigh-ins looked so good to me. That's why I switched. He looked so large, so well-proportioned. His body fat looked in order. Everything looked right. Uh, and I thought Rob Font was a hype train. If, if I think Munoz would have been our Leslie Smith underdog pick if I after I listened to the show, yep. I was sold on the, it a little more. Right, and right, right. I think I would have gone with this, but we didn't pick one. It is what it is. I totally agree. So moving on to the next fight, or how do you feel like Munoz Font goes? I feel like Font still has tons of good fights left in him, and so does Munoz. This is just gonna I make see Font Munoz Philly. Ooh, that's a great fight. That that's a great what fight. I like to see. That's a great Both fight. Both off a win. But, wait, Feely's at 145, 155? Is he? I thought he yeah. was. Yeah. No, he moved up already a few times. I thought he was a 135-er. Who, who's Lobob fight? Lobob fights at 145. I don't know. Yeah. He must, though, fight something. Yeah, I think so. so it was hard for him to make weight. I don't know. Who cares? So, we already talked about Covington Maya, ended up switching to Maya on my card, and Covington really used that wrestling in reverse and picked Damian Maya apart. You were so right on this. Yeah. What I didn't like, the reason that I switched, because I am going to explain on, we retweeted our last minute picks, and I switched to Maya because there was multiple interviews where Kobe Covington kept saying, I can go to the ground with Damian Maya and use my wrestling on the ground to stop everything Damian Maya has to do. And that's the exact thing I what didn't want him to do. So that's why I switched to Maya and said, okay, he's going to do what Masvidal did and wear a backpack for three rounds. And he didn't, he just put that information, Colby Cummington put that information out there to uh, trick the other camp and me because he got me with that. I thought he was well, going to, I thought it was going to be a different game plan. I did my show cards and that's what saved my night because you were like, nope, what do you, I'm not, you're not going to sell me on Maya. I'm sticking with Colby. So I picked a couple cards of Colby, which is the cards that saved my DraftKings arse in the evening. But it kind of sucked. I can't believe it. Colby should have been an underdog. Uh, He should have been an underdog there. But apparently enough people are starting to realize what's going on with this fight game. Then we had the main event. Again, Leo Machida trying to fight Colby Covington after his post-fight interview. I was 100% right on this fight. Oh, really? What round did it go in first round? I knockout I round had, one. I had round two, I think. I thought they were going to feel it out more. Two minutes and 30 seconds of and round one. Machida had a couple good shots in there, but I feel like we predicted it 100% right on the show that Brunson could eat those shots and land one of his own, and Machida wouldn't be able if to. If I did, so one of our fans shot. out there should do the a gif of... Uh, a dragon flying with Leota Machida's face on it, and then the Ice King or whatever, the knight, white knight from oh, Game yeah. of Thrones white should be Derek Brunson with that oh, arrow the, right, yeah. right into the lake. <laughs> I saw a, a couple of game. those. I thought I saw those. Oh, I did not. I saw. Really? I, thought... I didn't see anything. I saw people putting up dragons. 
But, I thought um, I saw him throwing the spear at Derek Brunson's head it. and Machida's head oh as gosh. a dragon. We're all one. Yeah, it was a, exactly. It was a funny one. We're it all was one. really what I'm surprised. I, th- I thought I was so one. clever with that. <laughs> <laughs> I would have retweeted it from Lesbo and the Bean on Twitter. Also, and hey, you guys, before we get into it, I'm so excited. We're like so stoked to be back and be talking this week about 217. And make sure you like and subscribe to everywhere you're listening to this. On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Podbean, iTunes. Lipsin. YouTube. All of it. And remember to su- subscribe. So thank you very much for that. We're definitely feeling our presence getting bigger because... Hey, good picks are good picks, and they're going to get your name out. You know where our audience is getting big? Parlez-vous français? Je m'appelle Latby. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) I like it. In France. So I want to give a little (laughs) shout-out to our French connection followers this week on Lesbo and the Bean. Speaking of the verse, the MMA verse... Uh, what's some of the stuff that we want to talk about a little bit before we get into this card? I, well, we're going to diverge into fights because there's multiple storylines. But did you end up hearing Raquel Pennington had a dropper fight because of her leg pretty much shattering and almost being useless? She almost lost her leg in a severe a- uh, hunting accident where a vehicle rolled over and pinched Very her Very bummed about it. Right? She was the next fight for Amanda Nunes. That was exciting. A fun fight. I agree. This Hopefully, she gets full mobility of her leg. This may be a BS, uh, Bisbing moment where everyone said, Bisbing, you'll never fight again. You're going to lose your eye. And he's now won the championship and defended, supposedly defended the belt. Rocky Pennington will be back. Hopefully she's better than ever. One good thing about this whole entire thing is that there is a 145 division now in the UFC. Because sometimes right. when athletes come back from injury, they tend to be a little bigger. A little bigger. A little I did bigger. already see that she was in the gym. That yeah, already all, doing pull-ups, yeah, pull lifts, ups, everything like, she can. Good for her. Yeah, right. That. I like Rocky Pennington a lot. She's made me a fan over the years. Uh, but yeah, Amanda Nunes called out Katz and Gano. Don't want to see that at all. Nope. Don't. Good try. Don't want to. But then, what other fight does Amanda Nunes <laughs> really have in her di- weak ass division? Even though we've been talking a lot of shit on her, I do think the Iron Lady is a fun fight. I the only fight I'm interested really with Amanda Nunes is uh, Chris Cyborg, Queen of Brazil fight. Supposedly though, Cyborg with home. But that's further away than they said last week because I feel like we talked about it a bit. But I just heard as of late that no 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 those negotiations are going worse than they thought, and one of them if not both of them want more money, and that division unfortunately doesn't bring sell as many seats to the hardcore as it does not to the general population so they aren't going to get as much money i don't think it's just really unfortunate but that's it, the kind of bullshit that yeah it's a cyborg's weird division. been doing for a while and or people around cyborg with the iron lady also taking a step back because she just didn't want any of that at all which um, is really silly yeah. Really silly. I mean, we watched Lena Landsberg fight again. We watched Leslie Smith fight again. We watched the other woman take that loss, like you were just saying before, about when you lose to somebody good, it's not necessarily a bad loss on your record. Yeah, you agree. A lot of people will reference it and say, hey, remember, that was a dog fight. Um, yeah. But I, uh... other than that, um, in the 170 division, as we were saying earlier, 
how fun of a division is that all of a sudden? And it's because the Darren Till Mike Perry's going on right now, which everyone is saying. And what I think for that fight that's happening right now is Perry is oh is looking already at Till, and he's got Pons in front of him, and he's saying I'm not overlooking Pons. But every interview I hear Mike Perry say is Darren Till, you're overlooking Ponzinibbio right now, homie. And guess what? Pons isn't giving any interviews. He's just worried about Mike Perry. I agree. So that's just the I I feel like everybody's overlooking Pons talking about Mike Perry. Yep. And I am not. Right now, I, I don't even have my card pick for that yet, but I got Pons and Ebio winning that fight. Right. Right now, I just don't think, I think Mike Perry's a hype train. I dig his talk. Agreed. I feel similar about him that I do Colby Covington. I'm digging everything well, you're people saying. People are also saying Covington Perry now. Because and, and that's also what's happening. Mike Perry's also saying like, oh, but Covington too. And then uh, supposedly Covington has said that Usman turned down the fight three times already with him. And Usman just came out and said, bullshit, I haven't gotten any contracts at all. That's a fucking hell of a fight. I that's a hell of a fight right Usman there. Usman in that all day. I would agree with that. I mean, that's a, but that's a good I really don't know who fight. I have beating Usman right now in the 170. That's a coin flip. Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman. I don't think it's a coin. I feel like it's a f- easy finish for Kamaru Usman. I'm liking it. I can't. I would love to see that fight. So that's some of the other. But talk I around. think the smartest thing for T Woods to do is take the fight with Colby. What would be the harm of you gaining some Brazilian fans, homie? Beat his ass. Go out there. Let him pressure forward you. He couldn't be in a stand-up fight with Damian Maya. T. Woods will have no problem with that. He doesn't. Colby doesn't have the strength on the ground. T. Woods is a crazy good wrestler. You know, I I feel like it's kind of similar odds as the Rose JJ if you put T. Woods in there with Colby. But why not? Why not? Agreed. Well, supposedly the narrative that Kobe and Kobe's everywhere. He's saying that he's been in the gym multiple times with T. Wood, and T. Wood didn't stop the fight. They were supposed to go five rounds, and Kobe broke him in three. And T. Wood was like, not today, guys. Not today. With that kind of talk, it sets up a story, but guess what Kobe's doing there? He's trying to talk his way into that championship bout because what people don't understand sometimes with fighters is there is really bad days where they're like, I just had four days in a row of going with monsters. He flew in from Florida to fight today. He's ready to go. I'm I'm about to peak to go into my rest cycle to get into my next peak for the fight. Like, there's a lot of other variables. It's not for or the belt. Why you, kill yourself in practice? As far sometimes? as I know, you're only working on takedown defense today. And I'm trying to freaking stand up and punch with you because I don't know that your coach has told you no. Your job today is to not go to the mat. That's your only job today. I don't want to see right. you land a punch. I don't want to so see you land an elbow. That gym talk, though, is gym talk. It's not because people just like John Jones and multiple other performers in there that in the gym at practice, Kevin Gastelum at practice doesn't look amazing, but every, most times he's in there, he beats the living daylights out of people because he knows how to perform in the ring instead of pra- practice. We talk about practice. They're not the same. Talk about practice. Yeah. It's if, called practice for a reason. Exactly. It doesn't go on your check mark. And guess what? If you're knee twisted and you don't want to talk about it and just be like, hey, I'm done for it. I'm not going to go two more rounds. You earned it. You're you're doing other stuff. So just people r- realize what Kobe's doing here. Don't be quick to just be like, oh, he's some asshole dummy because he's playing you. But this is the other. If Jorge Masvidal, and we're, we're going to get into this fight later on, obviously, today. Uh, but if Jorge wins, we obviously want Gamebred versus T-Woods all day. Right. 
But if Wonder Boy wins, please, please don't do that to me. Please I I just think, let Colby I, fight Woodley if I, Wonder Boy wins. I think Wonder Boy has to win two fights to get that T Wood fight. Thank you. Yeah. I never I want to see yeah, that again. It, that's exactly why. Because everybody is in that boat. Uh, so he has to win two, but T Wood, or not, I mean, Thompson versus Covington is a fun fight. That's a hell of a fun fight. I would watch that. Yeah, but I just, if, if it's time wise. That T Woods is gonna take a fight. I don't mind him fighting Colby before, because then him and Gamebred can kind of heal on the same cycle. If I, or if if Gamebred wins, I want Gamebred to fight T Woods. Mm-hmm. If Cole, if Woodley wins, just let Colby fight him. Who cares if Colby ends up the champ? That's super fun for a storyline. And mm-hmm. if T Woods wins, hopefully you build an enormous Brazilian audience that tunes in to watch him fight, so we can build his pay per view numbers my thoughts on that i think that's a good point of view hopefully they just take the right route and with the new company that's now got its foot in there um we're starting to see that all these talking fights and all this social media push ben saunders may legitimately have the next fight with colby covington the way that the organization has been working as of late honestly Ugh. I don't even care about Ben Saunders. I totally agree, but if we're were if to me right now, Kobe Covington's a UFC, shooting star, and Ben Saunders is totally a guy that isn't capable of stealing a star because he doesn't talk enough. So even if he wins, all you do is put out your shooting star. And Ben Saunders, way too dangerous of a guy I, to throw your shooting star. I, up I against agree. Right now. I agree, hundred percent. I'm just saying, with a track record, if it if what about this? Goes, ben Saunders Usman. Ooh, Usman's got that all day. (laughs) 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 Usman beats everybody. (laughs) Who does want to fight Usman? Nobody. Ooh, this is the fight that I really want to see. RDA Usman. That's the motherfucking fight right there. RDA's fighting right now. I know. That's why I can't worry about it. I think it is Lawler. I would like to see either of those guys versus Usman. Yes, agreed. But guess what? They'd much rather fight each other than Usman. I agree. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I agree. So, um, any other fight talk? Connor, did you watch any of uh, the con- last Connor McGregor interview? Uh, where he apologized about using all of well, the that years. too, which makes me happy because I talked shit on him last week, but he deserved the talking of the shit. But he apologized humbly, and I I didn't watch the apology for the whole gay community. What Lesbo did he accept the apology <laughs> on behalf of the gay community? <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, gay community, you just don't have so a choice. You no. Know. Just, just so you know, I didn't watch the apology. What did he? Because it didn't pertain to me. So I was like, he was just. I wasn't saying the slur at all to be disgraceful to the LGBT community. I wasn't meaning it that way mm-hmm. at all. Pretty much, you know what we kind of knew, but it's like, all right, tighten. You it needed up. to say it. Where most people tighten are just up. like, you know what I say, and they write it somewhere. Where he came out on camera and gave an interview specifically addressing why everybody was mad with him. I think but he won kind of a lot smart, of fans back. And it makes me wonder if he did it all on purpose because now he had a reason to be on all these shows apologizing. Uh-huh. And guess what Media. else happened the same day? Uh, Dakana movie, Dakana McGregor movie was released. <laughs> so the same day. So is this guy a master marketer? I'm sure because I, I don't keep up with the LGTB community. <laughs> I'm sure there was a uh, boycott within some organizations where they were going to boycott his movie. I'm sure there was. That I don't even care about the boycott, just the fact that I'll, now everyone looked it up. There's probably so many people that never even knew it happened, because how many people watch backstage footage of a UFC 
fight after Andre Feely it was, publi- it was publicized immediately, though. I was for reading the, that on our community, yeah, for the MMA true, community, true, true. maybe even for. I saw TMZ though wrote about it in the sports section about Connor. They could about Connor. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. He can have toilet paper stuck on his shoe, and it's going to be headline news for most media outlets right now. I feel like he's really just what we got, and it's really. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Why don't you fight? But he did talk about Ferg. My boy Ferg's going to have the next shot. He was uh, saying that. <laughs> he not only talked about Tony Ferguson and released all that stuff about Tony Ferguson. When I watched the interview, which would actually happen like two days, the long form interview that he did sitting on the, I think it was a boxing ring with a girl in uh, Scotland in Glasgow, Scotland, uh, was and it was a long-form interview, and he said, I want to see what happens tonight. It'll be where the energy goes, blah, blah, blah. So it was right before Tony fought Kevin Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that interview, and I was like, shut the fuck up. The bean said this. He goes, there's even a guy, uh, his name's Gachi, or I don't even know how to say his name, but who knows? That could be a good fight. He's fighting Eddie Alvarez, like exactly what you said. Like he, he's gonna have he the dropped a name. He dropped the name, even though it was before Tony Thank Lee. You. Even though it was before the Tony Lee, I was like, shit, I heard it. Like maybe the beans onto something. He said that shit forever ago. Gigi That's the is easiest, easiest fight, fight for him to prove. And himself. he has the biggest amount of recognition out there by being on the Ultimate Fighter show. They just could sell such an easy narrative, and it's a fight that he could win. Guess who's an easier fight than fucking? Uh, Way easier than Tony Ferguson. Gagey, someone who's willing to strike out there and like whatever. I'm gonna die by the sword one day. Like, I'm going to go out on my shield. I know that. Like, Gaethje openly talked about that. But if Connor is the kind of martial artist he wants his legacy to be, which I really believe he is, I think he'll want to take the fight with Tony, unify it. I agree, because it does legitimize his career that much more. He's made me a believer. And he can leave the Nate fight off for... Still. 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 Because I think if he ever does the Khabib-Russia talk, Khabib has to make weight twice for two fights before Connor can even get into those talks. Did we even talk about, though, the Khabib situation that recently happened with... No, let's talk. Let's get into it. So, Edson Barbosa signed on the dotted line. So did Khabib. Oh, my. That's striking versus wrestling 101. Oh, my gosh. That's an exciting motherfucking fight it right now. It makes me so... I like Edson. I want Edson in that fight so bad. I'm so... I, I can't even believe Khabib's going to make it. I'm just so disappointed in him. And I think before he gets that huge main event, big money Connor fight, which I do think can happen a year and a half, two years from now in right. Russia. Crazy pay-per-view. We can do the, the... Like, they can sell the flags. They can have Caldrago. It can be crazy. I think all that stuff's awesome, but I think to do that, Khabib has to make weight twice and get us all on the same train again. Otherwise, move up to 170, in my opinion. Edson Barboza, little dark horse. He beats Khabib. All of a sudden, he has so much momentum behind him. Like, an incredible amount of men- momentum. No one's even talking about this guy, and he is amazing. Scary motherfucker. Scary. Frightening. Scary. Frightening. Scary, Easily, scary I would say, triple the f- last... I, Michael Johnson, to me. Uh, it's the most dangerous fight Khabib's ever had. I would agree, and it's a physically three times stronger of an opponent than Michael Johnson. I agree. Ed- Edson Barbosa is a 185-er. With no body fat on him that cuts the fucking 155. Edson Barbosa is humongous in there. And his cardio has really come together. What's his uh, 
what would you say his weakest area though is? Definitely the ground and right? getting taken down. But right? it's gotten so much better over the years. Edson Barbosa has worked on his wrestling. It's a very that's what ha- I mean. Darius, who is a sound wrestler as well, was having tough time taking down Edson Barbosa. He was able to do it. Barbosa got back up on Darius. is an elite ground fighter as well. I think Edson Barbosa is really being understated on how good he's been able to get back to his feet. Then again, Habib has such a unique grappling style that those get-ups don't happen to come. Actually, they do. Habib beat Abel Trujillo, who's a lot like Edson Barbosa. He's the he's the beta version of an Edson. I'd say uh, not as good of a striker, but a lot of power. Same way Trujillo and Khabib broke the record for most takedowns in a fight ever. Khabib got 26 takedowns in that fight. Holy hell. That means Trujillo, with also wrestling experience, got up 26 times. That wasn't somebody who stayed on the ground for fucking whatever. Trujillo got to his feet. What has to happen, though, is if he gets to his feet... Uh, Edson Barbosa has to break the hands and get away. So stylistically, that's just, god damn, that's a fun fight. I cannot wait. That's some of elite matchmaking right there. That's a lot like the card we Thank got coming you, up. UFC. Hopefully we actually get to see it. Khabib. No tiramisu, hopefully. See, you got a little tiramisu on the outside over there. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a little homemade raspberry sorbet. Jesus Christ, we're turning this also, Let's Bone the Bean. I know it's going to be a long show. I'm adding calories. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Tackling few, talking few. Um, but about that, Khabib, don't want to see it yet. Don't bring it up. The Nate fight, that is Connor's version. That's his retirement fight. He can save that. He can put that in his back pocket. Easy $100 million for him. That's easily where he gets to own 3% of the UFC. In Dublin, Ireland, part of the gate. What are the thoughts of McGregor Entertainment being involved with the UFC one day? Do you think you'll see it? 100%. He's doing the Triple H WWE move where he's going to be a wrestler or a fighter and who he's he has such a draw and presence that they're going to say, Connor's going to give the UFC an ultimatum and watch, this is going to happen. He's going to say, if you guys want me to keep fighting, I need stock. He's already asked for it, but he's going to have enough of an of a following to say no 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 it's not anymore you're giving me shares like we're in this and hey you're giving me a co-promoter fucking he's when Dana starts to step away Connor's gonna move in I guarantee it I don't think it's gonna be that he asks it's gonna be because they can't afford to pay him oh so So they have to give him percentage shares and I do think he is good enough promotion that if Dana does want to retire who can you think is a better hype man than Connor next if he can step away and get into that promotion role, but we're in such you the UFC is it's it's now getting into its uh, preteen pre preteen stage. It's like eight or nine years old in the world of sports, if not still diaper times. Yeah, because we got hundreds of years of MMA left, right? Unless a catastrophic event comes and we clear it up. This is the future. It is the future. It's pretty much we got... Because even if we have to fight for... If everyone has to fight to get by on the daily, we will still find ways to watch the best fighters fight. So with the future and how it's affecting our real life, uh, back when we were children, I remember learning wrestling and being able to win a couple little skirmishes in with other kids because I was able to take them down. Never really any punches thrown. But uh, 
I'd seen a couple of kids fight as well where there was punches thrown, very looping, very sloppy the more I remember it. And they were good times when I remember being like, ooh, this is a fun watching people uh, fight. So I just saw a video of two high schoolers. Everyone's in the parking lot like always. Everyone has their cell phones. And these two kids are throwing leg kicks, straights, fainting, setting up traps on each other. And <laughs> neither one of them went to the ground. Uh, one of them ate three or four shots in a head kick and put his hand up. They both slap hands, shook, got into their cars and drove off. It was unfucking believable. These are high school kids. They're gonna. That's what's happening now. These street fights. I've seen other bully situations where it's like a little pipsqueak's getting beat on by a bigger kid. All of a sudden, he fucking kicks a dude in the head and armbars him. Have you seen that one that's gone around? Like teacher kids jujitsu or an MMA? No. Yeah. So. It's different out there. There's a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes going on nowadays. Um, it's affecting I can't real wait till we have the studio set up so you can pull it up and I can watch it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a good, And then good, if you're following watch. us on YouTube at Lesbo and the Bean, you'd be able to watch it, too. Ooh. So. Um, speaking of, it's November 1st. Uh, yesterday was Halloween. Did you um, partake in any Halloween festivities? Nope, I worked. <laughs> I didn't no. know nothing. Nothing. I had something planned over the weekend, but here in Florida, we got a tropical system that moved through, and it was going to be an outdoor party. So unfortunately, decided to just watch the fights in a Aww. yeah, in my warm, cozy what house. A, what and, was the dumbest costume you've ever been in your life? I would say it's a classic, but the easiest, simplest one was just zombie anything not that it's dumb but it was just so easy it was me shredded up clothes throw blood on me um but i uh, i mean maybe as a kid i was like a a guy with a mask a little truck guy with a mask my mom tried to be she was not a very homemaker wasn't her thing and i wanted to be a california raisin so <laughs> she was like i'm gonna make you a costume a california raisin costume mm. I was so excited for this costume. It must have. It felt like months that I waited for it. Did you want? Did you want a saxophone, a trumpet? What did you want? The, like, what? How did you want to tie it in? And you're I, a little kid. Head. I just sell it myself. A little white gloves. Yeah. California raisin. For all overseas fans, what happens in these commercials if they're not familiar? Because it's specifically a, I think a stateside thing where it's claymation. They, they kind of look at the Temptations or the Four Tops or one of yep. the 50s groups and they're dancing and they're like, Sugar Pie Honey Bunch, you know that I love you. And I, but they're raisins. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I wanted to be one of these so bad. So my mom made me this costume and maybe I knew it was bad when I was putting it on, but I was so excited and it didn't fit right. I had to walk kind of hunched over because I was a little tall and it started to shred as the night went on. And really, People said to me, what are you supposed to be, a turd? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would think. It was think. a nightmare. It was really, I couldn't throw. I remember all the fun games at the Harvest Festival. I couldn't use my arms all the way because only my front two little hands could come out like T-Rex. So I had to like throw. <coughs> and you rip your costume every time you throw it. Yeah, them. by the end of the night, it's like barely hanging off. Half a titty's hanging out. <laughs> I'm in the fifth grade. It like ruins my life. I Anyways, like thanks, Mom. <laughs> Shout out to Miss Patty. I've been a vampire in my life where it was just the white face and the black eyes with the shitty, horrible teeth that cut the living shit out of your gums. People think you're being racist going in white face. <laughs> Not even a cape. 
<laughs> just right regular clothes white old face black eyes i already got a widow's peak but those horrible teeth they'd be like oh you got blood in those and everything to make it look cool yeah, i'm like, like that's no, my gums those bleeding. are my gums these things ruined my mouth couldn't even enjoy my sour candy you got, I guess it's all night. <laughs> we've all been there yeah. So, I moving on. Little Halloween. Walk down memory line. To the breakdown lane. Wait, I have to ask you a couple questions. Oh, shit. Have my you bad, heard my anything bad. about John Jones? I saw him striking a little bit, but He's don't like, care right now. I, me either. Don't I don't care, care right anymore. Now. I'm over yep. it. it it's almost the same as the 170's a fun division. 205 is getting there. Yeah, Heavyweight's getting there. Anyways, New edition. We won't even talk about it. Yep. I a Quinta fight. I a Quinta. Who, who fell out? Iaquinta got... Um, he did. And then Charles Oliveira is taking over for... Yeah. Charles Oliveira versus Paul Felder. Interesting fight. Dangerous fight. Oliveira quits a little bit, though. We all know that. Okay. I guess that it wasn't even worth stopping it for. Let's move on to 217. Break Follow down. us on Twitter at Lesbo and the Bean. Lesbo and the Bean. Dot mm. com. Like and subscribe. And if you want to make money, come for a ride. Uh. Ooh. Break down. Break, break, that was like some down. Eminem Trump rap shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was that politically charged. But, uh... I don't know if it was that good. It actually might have been better. There was times on his that I'm like, I was kind of embarrassed like watching one of my friends. Oh, that was embarrassing. So... <laughs> Hopefully he wasn't in New York for that because we are going to the state of New York, Madison Square Garden, three title fights into one of the best cards of the year. I think the first fight of the night is probably the only one that has the least amount of depth in it. Every other fight didn't even need to do tape study uh, because I think there's only one Dayton View fighter. So yeah, there was a bit of study, but wasn't that hard to figure out. So we're starting off the night with... Uh, Zahabi versus Ricardo Ramos. I don't want to butcher Zahabi's first name. Ayman? Ayman Zahabi. This is Faraz Zahabi out of TriStar's little brother. Ayman. Ayman. Oh, Ayman, yeah. Ayman. So, Ayman's debuted already coming out of the Quebec area, fighting with a teammate, George St. Pierre as well, which I think this is going to play a big role later on in the evening because... Like Sergio Pettis and Baby Pettis, when Baby Pettis got knocked out and finished, it affected the older brother because he was like, ooh, you, it's just not or fun to see. Or sometimes we get to see game plans like uh, the night Lobov of... McGregor. Exactly. Yes. So this is a fight that really is going to tell you what's going to end up happening because they the camp is going to have a whole camp ready and we're going to see what happens. A good jab usually comes with the TriStar Fighters. The 29-year-old has had a 7-0 career coming in at 5'8". With a 68-inch reach at 135 pounds, he's a bit taller for the 135 division. Against Ramos, who's 10-1, and has a debut win in the UFC against Tanaka in a decision. This Sao Paulo native is only 22 years old, coming in at 5'9", and having a 72-inch reach. He is going to have a 4-inch reach advantage on Zahavi. Um, Ramos debuted against uh, Tanaka who has had four or five fights he was an upset an underdog he ended up using his takedown defense really well to keep the fight standing and striking his Muay Thai and pressure really took over the fight he hurt Tanaka in the first round with a uh, great left I feel like Ramos is a southpaw and 
has constant pressure, was always moving forward in on Tanaka. And I believe even at a point in time, Herb Dean stopped the fight and ended up uh, telling Tanaka that if he did not try to fight and just stop playing, he was going to take a point. He was going to deduct a point for timidness, which I absolutely love. Um, It should happen more. But I feel like what that is a testament to as well was that Tamaka didn't want any of Ramos anymore. Ramos was hurting him with strikes, and that caused him to really back off uh, since that T. Wood Thompson kind of situation that ended up having. Uh, Zahavi also winning his debut in the UFC um, against Vieira, who Vieira was a... Latin America standout ended up taking a third or fourth in the season out there, but has had a few fights or I think only one fight. And that was a split decision. I really didn't like the gas tank for Sahabi. I think it was a debut got to him a little bit. Him. Yeah. He, I've heard he's had a few injuries in the past as well. Um, I don't remember if it was too short a notice, but the game plan is always going to be there with TriStar. Zahabi has a good jab on the ground. He has good scrambles. He was pinned to uh, the ground a few times, but did get up well. I'm not worried about that at all with Ramos. Ramos has garbage takedowns. He's a great stand-up fighter and a great uh, submission slash slash off of his back. Where Ramos is going to have trouble with people is in that in-between wrestling. And I don't think Zahabi's going to do that. Zahabi's going to stay up and try to win a technical battle. This is going to be a point fight. TriStar tends to do this type of stuff. Didn't really see much in the power of Zahabi as well. Uh, I think that I'm going to go with Ramos on this, a decision. If not, I can see a late finish. I like the power I saw with Ramos and his gas tank in his debut. Zahabi on tap is actually the uh, favorite, but on the lines, Ramos, I think, is a minus 120 or something like that. I had it up earlier. Um, Either way, I'm going with Ramos. I think he gets the job done here. What do you think? And Ramos... I have to re-sign into my DraftKings, too. Having some technical difficulties. No, that's just the way it works. When you just even click the screen, you have to re-sign in. Come on, DraftKings. Yeah, Ramos is (laughs) is the favorite. I feel like he's been bet there because the opening line was for uh, Zahabi. And it was actually the opening line was Ramos minus 130. So I guess I'm seeing it the way a lot of other people do. Zahabi's a little deficient, and he has a low output with a bad gas tank. He beat a quality fighter. I think Vieira sticks around as well in the UFC, um, but he's very limited when he he's limited to one strike uh, combinations very quickly. Tapology.com is for educated fight fans. It's not just the UFC.com pick site. It's a little different. I think it's hardcores um, mainly. Hardcores. Uh, we can both agree when you probably boil down hardcores, a lot of them live in Canada. So this would be fair to say that this could be skewed a little bit toward Canadian fighters right. picks. Because I have Rama's decision as well. I just think Zahabi's a little bit of a hype train. I am gonna stay away from this everywhere. It, I'm not picking this play. anywhere. This Lappy, is stay yes, away all day. <laughs> day away all day. That first fight of the night is there oh. to ruin your night. It's there so you can look at it. first fight. Now you're just looking at a whole bunch of shit cards. Yeah, that have a 45. Either way, if on you're the lucky. Fight. Either yeah. way, yeah. Either way, 45. I see is this going to decision. I have Ramos right now, and that could change. And if I change, really wouldn't know why. I really don't have a lot to go on. So. I just don't like this all the way around. I'm going to have Ramos' decision right now. Stay away from it as far as I'm concerned. 
Moving on to the next fight, we have Curtis Bayless at heavyweight fighting uh, O.C. Oselinik. And I feel like Olenek is really overperformed in his UFC career. He's a submission specialist with very limited striking, uh, a lot of forward pressure. He is coming out of Moscow with a 55-10 and 10 record, known to be a submission ace. At 40 years old, though, that father time is starting to get there. Uh, it hasn't showed as of late in his last few fights. He's actually kept hell of a pace on people, and he beat the likes of Travis Brown, which is iffy of a win, Victor Pesta as well, if he ever win. Um, and the loss he had was against Daniel Omilunchuk, who was also a ground guy who was able to stifle a lot of those sneaky submissions. Uh, Olenek has in the only Ezekiel choke ever where he fell to his back and got it. I mean, this guy has tricky submissions, but a really good wrestler, that's not going to work on. I feel like Bayless, that's what we got with him. Um, Olenek is being the 6-1 fighter to the 6-4 of Blades, I mean. Blades is coming off of a 7-1 record. He's coming out of that uh, fighter. I think he won one of the – he was out of the RFA. His only loss in the UFC is to Nagano early in his career, and that was a dogfight. It was actually a stoppage cut due to his eye swelling up to the size of a baseball he was in it. Bayless wrestling really takes over in a lot of fights. He's physically imposing. He's growing more and more into his body. Him being the 26-year-old fighter, he is much more explosive. His gas tank uh, does tend to fall a little bit, but he's really got it together after that Naganu fight. And there's another dollar to the bucket right there. Um, <laughs> uh, Bayless, Blades is coming off of a win in Daniel Omelianchuk. So they have a common fight there, and the wrestling overtook Omelianchuk in that fight. Blades can keep it standing because his takedowns are good enough, and I really like the tenacity of Olenek. But with Travis Brown and Pesta, he doesn't have to worry about the striking variety or power that Blades has. Blades lands a nasty uppercut and he has a good he has good straight punches with a lot of power i think that this goes into the second round because olenik is a dogfight. he moves forward a lot but he's not going to be able to take the punches like he usually did with most of those other fights he's been overperforming as of late i think blades is on his way up omelion truck is gonna be a gatekeeper because of his craftiness and his heart um but i think he steps away from the sport sooner than later Blades, TKO round two. What do you think happens here? Ooh, I don't see that uh, the boa constrictor, Olenek. I just really like him. He, I, he comes out. Everybody underestimates what yep. he's going to do. The Travis Brown fight, they stood and fought for a little bit, and it looked crazy because of how little Olenek is. I don't like Blade's cardio is really what it boils down to. And Olenek has no problem with cardio. He also has a ton of pressure, a decent ton. chin. That ton of pressure is going to wear away Blade's cardio. And he's going to be a little too tired to throw the heavy punch. I do like Blade's. I just don't know how his ground game is going to be against uh, Olenek. And I think that's going to be the hole we see all night in a way. I think we're going to see a ground versus striker all night. 
weave its way through this. And so this time, I'm going to go with Olenek's ground game. I like the Russian fighter here. I'm going to have submission round three when that cardio Woo! and strength wear off. And I do think Blades is the underdog on DK, but the favorite on um, best fight odds, or the, the odds right now. Who is the favorite on there? Is Olenek going to be one of your the keep out? I just see it going the other way. Maybe stay away from this one or put either fighter on a card. Let me see. Mix it up I'm with either one of these fighters. Because right we both now. have finishes. Yeah, Blades right now is 8,000 on DK. Yeah. And right. Olenix 8-2. So. It's a coin. Olenix yeah, we both have finishes. So for the price of a finish, they're both decent fights. They're, they're both decent prices either way. Right. Um, and Blades. I don't know how I feel about it yet. We'll see how. The, there's so many more exciting fights on so, this and so many more. Uh-huh. People that earned my confidence that I don't know. How. Minus 375 favorite for Curtis You know Blades. what? I'll probably have both on a card or two. That's what I was thinking. Split them up because they both are going to finish. This fight's not going to go to decision on either of our eyes. Maybe the under is a, a bet there. But actually, minus 375 favorite for Blades on the betting odds right now. People have been coming in heavy on Blades. Uh, he opened up earlier as a minus 300 and it's just kept increasing so wow big underdog you got here i see the avenues that you're saying i think you have very valid points we're He's gonna see like a dan kelly in ways i That's agree how i feel about all i agree 100 percent um i think blades is though making bigger strides where olenic we know what we're getting with olenic true fun fight Fun fight, fun fight. Moving on to a debut, we are going to the light heavyweight division. We have Michael Olianumshuk debuting over Ian Kutalaba. Kutalaba is one of my favorite heels-ish that really believes he came out to Cannoneers in the Hulk. Uh, he's not a heel, he's a hero. <laughs> he is a hero. Oh <laughs> the Hulk's a he, he's a hero. <laughs> he's win one, lose one, win one, lose one in the UFC um, I've been spotty with him. Definitely picked him against Frankenstein just because I dislike Frankenstein so much and have made so much money fading him. But with the debuting Polish fighter coming 12-2 and out of Poland, hey, these guys out of Poland have shown that the competition is somewhat of caliber and they're ready for a lot of their fights. They seem to really grow, though, after their debuts. The 22-year-old fighter coming in at 6 foot is coming out of just or GKS. MMA, um, I don't really know much about it, but uh, we know what we've definitely got with Kutalaba coming in at 6'1 with a 75-inch reach. Kutalaba at 23 years old is only a year older. Uh, definitely the fight experience goes to Kutalaba. Striking a little bit more rudimentary, and we've seen Kutalaba gas. That's why he lost a couple of his fights, is his gas tank just wasn't there. But I've seen him get it better, and I think he understands after you gas that badly, you tend to try to do other things to get there. Um, what I did see with the Hammers fights that I saw before was that they mainly stayed striking. Uh, he had okay takedown defense, and he had okay takedowns. Again, the quality of fighter isn't anywhere to the caliber of Kudalabas. I'm going with the favorite here in Kudalaba. I just see a TKO around when he takes him down because uh, Kudalaba has a good double leg and that's what he's been doing of late really driving through the takedowns ground and pounding and he size wise i feel like the hammer is weighted at 205 but he's a 185er 
9,100 on DraftKings for Kuda Lava. Do you put that on your cards or stay away? I think it's a finish. I have TK Rod 1. I just have, like I'm saying, uh, the hammer is a 185-pound fighter fighting at 205. Uh, Kuda Lava cuts. I do not like Kuda Lava as much as everybody else. Yeah. I, he's spotty with me. He has zero cardio. Yep. That is the... Number one thing that you said in the whole thing, he lets it all go in the first round, and if you can survive the first, you can beat him, and he will never win a decision uh, fight. That being said, you know how I feel about Polish fighters. Right. Um, this is a huge underdog for me to this say. This is a huge, huge underdog. And I got a KO uh, for the Hummer. <laughs> the Hummer versus the Hulk. I'm going to go with the Hummer here, and I think he finishes him purely. Uh, I think he gets him, hurts him in the third, gets him down, and uh, grinds him out. I think we're going to see Ole and Chikaz stay away from the Hummer, stay away from the Hulk in round one, and use his long Polish Muay Thai kicks to keep him at distance, wear him out a little. Um, a plus 405 underdog. You I know, got I know it's really Ooh. a crazy one. Minus 110. I'll or put it on a few. I am the one thing I will say about this. I'm not going to put Kudalaba. I might have him on one. I agree. I'm stay away from I agree him. with what nine, you're totally one, saying. I just think he's such a sketchy not a fighter. And look at his wins are against guys that you would not put on anything. They're guys that shouldn't even be in the UFC anymore. Um, Frankenstein. De Silva. Cannoneer he lost to. He lost to Cannoneer by a decision. Jonathan Wilson, he won a decision. Uh, Shurkinov, eh, now. Shurkinov is... A beast other than that one knockout. Other than that, Cherkinov is a... You know what's something crazy? It smells like somebody has been smoking cigarettes into my mic. Ew. Isn't that grody? That's disgusting. Who's coming into the studio? Sneaking in and smoking cigarettes right by the mic. (laughs) Just coming in and doing a podcast. We might have to have a conspiracy corner. I know. We might have to start a whole other channel. (laughs) <laughs> hopefully nobody because that's terrifying because it ain't me <laughs> they just come in in the middle of the night and smoke cigarettes into the mic i wonder if they do mma picks maybe it's the les dog maybe it's the les dog having a cigarette smoking talking on the mean mic old cigarettes smoking a mean cigarette a little cowboy kill a mama red <laughs> yeah it's a weird underdog but i that's don't know if one. i just don't feel I don't know why Kudalaba scares me so much. I like the character of him. I think he's good for the sport. I think he's great for the division. I just don't think he's managed his cardio yet to such an extreme that it be... I, I feel like the De Silva fight was one of the... By the end, they couldn't even lift up their arms. Yeah, either one of them. And But he still got they the They were finish. just leaning on each yeah. other. It's a good call. I am going to still go with the minus 510 favorite in Kudalaba right now. I see more avenues just of the finish for him in general. Moving on to the next fight, we have Mickey Gall versus Randy Brown. This is looking for a fighter finalists. If there was a bracket of looking for a fighter, uh, Mickey Gall's already finished a few of them. And Randy Brown has really come together as of late. He had a rough start losing, I believe, his debut in the UFC when he, uh, or winning his debut and then losing his next fight. Uh, he lost to Matt Dwyer in a decision. Lost to Mike Graves, which Graves, where has even Graves been as of late? Is he on a suspension for roids or something? But either way, uh... Graves. 
Yeah, Mike Graves, the wrestler that yeah, won the ha- show. No, you know what? I think he is suspended maybe because didn't yeah. he hit his girlfriend or some shit? Something like that. I think you're more on with that. So, But he was a still. He was someone that was going to give people trouble on the ground. Um, Randy Brown then getting a couple wins under his belt. And as of late, losing a decision to Muhammad. Uh, remember the name? Remember the name. Belial Muhammad. And Mickey Gall. <laughs> so Randy Brown is coming in with a 9-2 and two record being... 27 years old, 6'3", against Mickey Gall, 70, or 25 years old to the 6'2", with a 74-inch reach. Randy Brown having a 78-inch reach, 4 inches goes to Randy Brown, where only an inch reach or height advantage for Brown. Mickey Gall has talked about going to 155 before. Mickey Gall trains with uh, Jim Miller, and you know he just had a fight this last weekend, um, is going up and down that jersey scene. I feel like Mickey Gall has specifically called every single one of his fights, even this Randy Brown fight, because he specifically sees avenues of the fight that he can win. He's very intelligent in that avenue where he's picked beneficial fights for him. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I think he's done that as well with this Randy Brown fight. Randy Brown uh, has a mixed gas tank, has gotten so much better than his debut in first fights. His striking is... Again, really, really come together, but I think, uh, remember the name, Muhammad did show you how to beat Randy Brown. Put him up against the fence, take him down, and you can beat him on the ground, uh, grappling-wise. Mickey Gall is a good grappler. We've seen it time and time again. I got Mickey Gall taking this, <coughs> excuse me, into the second round and submitting Randy Brown. I'm going to have Mickey Gall on a few cards. Depends on the da- DraftKings price, but I feel like Mickey's a favorite here for a reason. What do you think goes on in this fight? Agree, agree, agree. Mickey Gall is a hype train um, that he's created for himself. He's a young kid. He's smart about every single match that he's taken. Uh, He's smart about every single card he's placed himself on, uh, including this one. I think this is really exciting. I hope he does something and he's planning something really smart for the mic afterwards. And he, he probably is and with his track record. He is, this is actually a coin flip of a fight on the books. This is minus minus one ten, minus one ten. Randy Brown, Mickey Gall. This is a coin flip as a coin flip gets. So interesting on, uh, I topology submission. 77% of tap fanatics are thinking this one doesn't go. I have further. submission, uh, round two and, I think you can place Gall on a few of your cards. I don't think that Randy Brown is a pushover at all. In fact, I think it's Gall's hardest fight to date. I think his chin's going to be tested more in this fight than we've ever seen. And this will be a fight to let me know if it's time for Mickey to make the strides. I will tell you, him in the 155 definitely looks a a lot better to me than him in this murderer's row, even though he's an enormous kid. Um, Agreed. Excited for this fight. Excited to put Gall on some of my DraftKings. I think even if uh, he loses this fight, it's by decision. So, yeah, I don't know how expensive he is. I was trying to actually pull up the DraftKings on the computer right now to look at him. Hmm. This, yeah. There's Randy Brown can also just keep this striking standing uh, and avoid the ground game, but that's where a lot of people seem to be seeing that avenue to win for Gall is he's notoriously taking everybody down. He does have good entries on his takedowns, and you can just see that he dominates people on the ground with his size and positionally being correct. He, he really has an okay ground game from what we've seen so late. Okay, I got some scores. Let's see. Mickey Gall. 
Well, you might be able to get Mickey Gall for inexpensive on the DraftKings. 8-4 for Mickey Gall. Randy Brown, 7 That seems about right. I, these DraftKings prices are r right around the, yeah, what it should be. But they've had time to get this card together because it is a hell of a fight. This, so anything else on this fight? That no, we got? That's all I have all to right, say. All right, all right, all right. Moving on to the next fight. That's all I have to say about that. We have probably the fight that I am least excited for. OSP versus Corey Anderson. Um... Corey Anderson's been challenged as of late in his nipple game with Baby Cast. Just just throwing that out there. The bean, always on top of nipple game. That's the t-shirt. <laughs> How's your nipple game? Yeah, that well, is the t-shirt. That, that's a good one. Lesbo and the bean on the front, on the back. How's your nipple game, homie? <laughs> so, um, we have Corey Anderson coming off of the show somewhat underperforming. 9-3 record, being 28 years old, using his wrestling to really get him as far as he's gotten. 6-3 uh, with a 79-inch reach to Ovinson St. Preux's 21-10 record coming out of Knoxville, 34-year-old fighter, who's also 6-3, is going to actually have a 1-inch reach advantage coming in at 80 inches. We know what we're getting with both of these fighters. I don't really feel like especially OSP is going to change his game plan. We know that on the ground, if you put your arm around his neck, he's going to Von Flu choke you. Uh, he's had a very strategically lucky set of circumstances as of late, and I feel like the UFC machine has given him very winnable fights, and this is one of those winnable fights. Corey Anderson, again, underperformed in the UFC Losing a split decision in Shogun Hua's tenure. Shogun hasn't looked good in a long, long time. In a year, five months ago, Corey Anderson could not deal with it. Um, then coming off of a TKO win off of O'Connell, who's also barely hanging on to a career, then losing to TKO seven months ago to Jimmy Manoa. That was a pretty devastating knockout, if I remember correctly. Corey Anderson stiffened up. If there's somebody who gets knocked out in this fight, for me, it would be Corey Anderson. We've just seen that chin tested by everybody he's fought in. Um, his wrestling has worked, but I feel like he has good follow-through with his shots, but sometimes his setups aren't the best. Even though he's fundamentally sound, I just feel like he has a hard time transitioning from the strikes to the wrestling, and people catch him as well in that in-between space. OSP has okay takedown defense, incredibly explosive that first round, but we know OSP gasses. Every single one of his fights he's ever been in, he has gassed. That's likely to happen again here, but I don't think that Corey Anderson has a chin enough. I got OSP TKO round one. I'm not putting OSP on much. This is still a very, very scary fight because I just, I'm waiting for that uh, floor to fall out on OSP. What do you think goes on OSP in this fight? OSP is the third most expensive fighter of the night, 9,000. Uh, a lot of his, you know, the really the best thing that OSP has ever done to me is go to decision with John Jones. That being said, it was probably the only John Jones we've seen in the last five to six, seven years that wasn't roided to the yeah tits true. Um, true 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 so he had a horrible body he was all scrawny with the like potato belly oh john jones does not look great that fight uh osp just still not impressed with them i'm an osp hater i, I sorry won't put him on a thing he's too expensive on DraftKings. he's oh, too man. unreliable in life uh that's probably the best i'm play. picking Corey anderson on this wow because i think american wrestling will 
be smart enough to stifle OSP's go-to. He doesn't like being hit so much. He wants to try to get that Von Flu choke. He's becoming that's his Ronda Rousey move. That's his armbar. Um, and it's too safe. Corey Anderson can't throw bombs. He took enough time off for me with a knockout, which a lot of the guys don't do. They fight too soon. He took the seven months uh, after his knockout. And I and I think that he is being undervalued here. I won't put him on anything, but I think his wrestling pretty much just wears OSP out in the first round and a half, and he takes over from there. I could even see OSP giving up um, two uh, strikes and a technical knockout with ground wow. and pound by Corey Anderson. So that's another underdog. I'm going with a crazy heavy underdog on this. I've thought about it over and over again. I want to see them both at weigh-ins to see how Corey Anderson looks, but right now I like him in so this fight. On DraftKings, it's an underdog, but the betting lines right now, you are actually uh, not that big of an underdog with a minus 160 for Ovens and St. Prue to the plus 140. Corey Anderson. But I feel like with the picture going, I see all exactly what you're saying, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, maybe a couple parlays, because a couple of those minus 110 are plus 140, plus one whatever, will really get up into that heavy-duty category for you. We're going to have a very, very fun fight. Into going I call into this fight, this, this is actually going to be the fight that's the changing of the guard fight. You're going to see Corey Anderson step up. He's still a young dude learning the ropes of the division. I think he steps into the OSP spot and we see OSP kind of kind of settle in, you know, on uh, the never ending story where a tray who's running through the gates and they're like the two <laughs> pink shooting the lasers at uh -huh, him. Uh -huh. uh, OSP will settle into his spot at being the guy in like the middle gate. As the laser That's shooter. where Corey Anderson is right now, too, to me, though. Is in that, I agree. Like, he, right Corey there. Anderson made it through the first laser shooter. Yeah. He's into the UFC. He's won a few fights. If he's this in there. Is, if this isn't a knockout for OSP in the first round, is the most boring fight of the night by far. Just too sweaty. Just grinding out. Yeah, just a Corey Anderson wrestling up against the fence. OSP um, has such trap garbage cardio, cardio every I feel like time. he could give up if Corey Anderson grinds him out, and I, that's how I see it going. And I see I it could be a Corey Anderson finish. I'll put Corey on a few. I will not put OSP on a card. Ooh, I think there is. A It'll probably be the one that cost me first place because I'm such an OSP hater. Or it gets you first place. Sometimes I'm blinded. It was like the Colby Covington thing. With Sometimes Adam I'm Tommy, blinded agreed, with my hate. Agreed. That was a super. When fight. I look back at the Colby Covington Maya fight, I'm like, I knew it was too soon. Like Maya just, just fought. Thought, He's been in two yeah. grinding fights this year with the best. Like, what am I thinking? I knew better. Anyway, moving on to the next fight, we're going back up to the heavyweights, and this is a rescheduled about when we had one of the weirdest nights of all come about with all sorts of fights falling out. Mark Godbeer versus Walt Harris. Walt Harris recently fought Breeze Hubert Doom. Luckily, there was minimal strikes, maybe two strikes thrown in that entire fight, and Verdum submitted Walt Harris, so both fighters. So that last loss that he has to Verdum as of two months ago, or a month ago, I don't think affected Harris that badly. I think uh, Harris just kept his training camp going to get this Godbeer fight in. Um, I had Walt Harris before for all the same reasons. I have him. I don't think Godbeer is UFC heavyweight material. Walt Harris is just getting better and better at 34 years old to the 33. Uh, heavyweights do tend to peak a little bit later in their careers, right around this time frame compared to most other fighters in their early 30s. Um, I got Walt Harris 
TKO round one. I feel like I'm going to put Wal Harris on a bunch of cards. I don't know what he is on DK. I think he's in like the 8, 6, 8, 7 range. Walt Harris is 8, 8. Uh, Ooh, that's Godfear heavy. That's is 7-4. Ooh, that's a little heavier than I think because god like it's the heavyweight division anyone can get caught and we have seen harris get caught at times but he is the more explosive athletic better camp um what do you think goes on in this fight um i call this uh one of those and i think i talked about it the last fight i don't remember the fighter i was talking about but they don't get to release of uh, the bullet they 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 need to and that's why you see such an emotional thing like somewhere a fight falls out something happens and even though uh the walt harris fight happened with uh Fabricio Verdum he didn't get to release that fight it was very quickly over like mm-hmm. you were saying there was no damage thrown um I think this is going to be that moment where we get to see him really come together. Uh, I like Walt Harris here. I do think Godbeer's a weird underdog, so I do think he makes it out of the first. Uh, but I do think he's going to get hurt enough, come out, that his corner's going to be talking, he's going to get his bell rung enough that he's just going to hear, blah, 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 and Walt Harris is going to get a good knee in the second round and just clobber him out i think walt harris i'm gonna put him on a few not everywhere eight eight's a little too steep for me with a guy like walt harris agreed if he were like eight four i'd be more likely to commit but for eight eight i'll speckle him out there i think a round two finish is comfortable for him walt harris is a minus 345 favorite right now so, big That's favorite. too much for me, you guys. I, agree. I know that you say that. In the heavyweight that, division? I like Spitz more than you do, and the yeah. win over Spitz let me know that Godbeer could take a lot more damage than I thought because he took a lot of damage in that fight, and it, I think it went yeah. to the end. Yeah, it did. It yeah, did, it and did. Uh, that isn't the same thing I can say for Walt Harris. Uh, I don't know how much damage he can take, but I just think his full, uh, full skill set and uh-huh. I think his wrestling is going to – take over in this fight moving on to the next fight we have james vick versus joe duffy this is a hell of a fight i am so excited for Potential this fight. fight of the night yeah i 100 percent agree i'm a big james vick fan uh joseph duffy i think has been on a big hype train even though he's 16 and 2 uh he did lose a decision to dustin poirier uh beating mitch clark and renza madadi as of late Really two very low-quality fighters compared to anybody James Vick's fought. James Vick coming in with an 11-1 record, only losing to Benil Dariush in a TKO a year four months ago. James Vick has also come back and won two fights in a row to Abel Trujillo versus, and also uh, Polo Reyes in a TKO five months ago. James Vick is a great boxer. So is Joseph Duffy. Duffy, I believe, has a boxing career. Both of these guys are super long. Joseph Duffy usually towers over people at 155 pounds at 5'10 with a 73-inch reach. But James Vick is probably the tallest fighter that you will ever see at 155 pounds with a 6'3 height advantage to 60 or 76 inches still having a In college, he was known as White Shaquille. For real, is that a you I just made that up. What is his nickname? The Texecutioner. James Vick, um, but he's definitely he has a reach over everyone. It's true, but he has that slender man type of a frame. He towers over everybody, has good Muay Thai, straight punches, sneaky boxer, sets up traps on the ground. James Vick is a monster. He has this 
uh, triangle guillotine that he slips his elbow in uh, when people shoot. And Joseph Duffy has good takedowns even out of the cage warrior scene. And his most notable win of all is Conor McGregor. So that's what he's made his career off of. And I think this is where the tire meets the road. And Joseph Duffy has another Poirier type of about where James Vick isn't going to go away anytime soon. James Vick doesn't fold under pressure very much. I don't feel like Duffy has the power as well. The more variety as well is uh, with the striking of the kicks is Vic by a hair. I just feel like Duffy does stay in his boxing a little bit more. And on the ground, that's where Duffy's really made his name as well with a lot of heel hooks and spinning stuff. But James Vic, even on the coming off of the UFC show, was always known as a ground fighter and is incredibly elusive. I feel like Vic's also got uh, people like James Krauss and multiple other people coming out of Tim Lloyd Irving camp. Great camp. Um, I am going with Vic in this. I just feel like he can keep it standing if he wants to. He can go to the ground and win there, even though Duffy does have avenues of winning on the ground with his heel hook specifically. But Vic's been there with the best of them and uh, held his own multiple times over. Uh, I... I'm going with Vic TKO round two. I think Duffy goes for some of that grounded stuff and Vic is going to stop him and then land hammer fists and get uh, on the ground finish TKO ground and pound. James Vic, what do you think goes on here? This is the manifestation powers are really strong right now. I saw us picking Vic as our Leslie dog, Leslie Smith underdog pick. I saw it like a week ago. I saw his picture. I was scrolling through something and I think he's the Leslie Smith underdog pick. I like Vic. I think no one's paying attention to him right now. I think he stifles Duffy everywhere. Everywhere, Um, right? I think he's one of the most dangerous guys that he, he's a camera Usman of the 155. Yeah. People don't like James Vic No one's talking about it. People are turning down fights with Vic and he's an understated guy. He's not calling anyone out. He's super dangerous. He reminds me of Roy McDonald in a lot of ways. I, I just think he's sneaky little MF -er until all of a sudden we're watching the fight of our lives and he's the new red king i love james vick i think you put him everywhere he's seven seven really he's, on a, so he's the underdog as well at the minus uh one seven or plus one seven eight two joe, joe duffy, duffy is eight five almost two the or a hundred minus 195 almost a two to one favorite to james vick right now i don't see that there's no value anywhere in duffy right there i don't see what people are going to be saying the ground game the magana no no, no, no. Madadi and who was the other guy that uh, Duffy fought? Madadi and somebody else on their way out of the UFC. I would put James Vick over Dustin Poirier. The, there's only so much energy that can go around. And Connor's supernova yeah. is too big for these guys to be getting the practice, the shine, the coaching, the expertise that they'd be getting at a lot of other camps right now, uh-huh. honestly. And we haven't seen, uh, to me, I've just, I, yeah, part of it's age, but maybe part of it's just getting his bell rung over and over again as Conor McGregor's punching bag, but we've just seen Artem fall out. But maybe he shouldn't have been in the UFC anyway, and he might have gotten there only for Conor. Mm-hmm. Joe Duffy might have only gotten on this fight as far as we know, if not for Conor. I think this is a dangerous fight that Joe Duffy's taking. I think he, I think their camp has a weird way. We're we're going to see Conor McGregor in New York for this fight. He goes and sees his camp fight. We're going to see him there. It's going to be a show. Everyone's going to be around. And 
I don't think his guys perform that well under pressure, especially against guys that they think and they're filled up in their head that he's like, you are the best, you're going to beat him, blah, blah, blah. I don't think you can say that about a guy like Vic. I think Joe Duffy completely overlooks him, and I think he can get finished early. I think Vic is dangerous. You put him everywhere. 7-7? Seven, seven? I'm going to have him everywhere. We're going to manifest. Gonna actually... Somebody's going to win big off this Leslie Dogs pick, and we are going to UFC 220. Maybe someone will... Patreon us, and we'll go to UFC 220. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nub said on that fight, it's definitely going to be a fun one. That's what is the uh, FS1, I believe, main event. James Vic Joseph Duffy, and beautiful, amazing fight to be the main event. That's going to bring in so many fans because it's going to be a dog fight regardless. I'm so excited for that fight. Right. I'm so if that's a Fox main event all day. Yeah, if that's a perfect. That's a little one. gift. On the FS1 to walk you into. And we start off not our night with potential belt holder. We got Johnny Hendricks starting our pay-per-view off in Madison Square Garden versus Paulo Borrachina. And we got the big rig taking on Borrachina. Big rig, we know what we're getting with him. Ressa, actually, he went to Winkle John as of late. He's coming in. Being the shorter fighter at 5'9 to 6 foot of Borrachina, also being 34 to the 26 year old. Borrachina is going to have a three inch reach advantage. Um, this is 18 and 7 for Johnny Hendricks, and Borrachina is 10 and 0. Uh, on topology, Borrachina is a humongous favorite. And on the betting lines, I feel like Borrachina is also a minus. 230 favorite. I also, I don't see it. I just don't see it. Borrachina's fought as of late. His Hendricks is 7-3. Alawalu Bomboje, who is barely holding on to a career. Alawalu Costa Borrachina's 8-9 on DraftKings. And he beat McLennan. 8-9 for Borrachina? Yeah, and uh, 7-3 for Johnny Hendricks on the, on the DraftKings. So, Johnny Hendricks has lost as of late to Tim Bosch in a TKO, and we picked that right here at Latvi. We had Tim Bosch all day because of the size, and I think that that's what a lot of people are using. But the specific reason that Tim Bosch was dangerous to Johnny Hendricks is because Tim Bosch had the counter-wrestling to be able to keep Hendricks off of the takedown. And with Borrachina, we haven't seen that tested enough. Not Hendricks style, not Hendricks. Borrachina swings with wonderful combinations, tons of power, straight punches down the line. Looks like a young Vito Belfort to me. Uh, okay, take down the fence. But again, the caliber of fighter that Borrachina's fighting to this date is still three steps lower than anybody Hendricks has fought in his last five fights. Hendricks has had a losing streak and had uh, many weight issues. I believe he actually weighed in heavy for the Tim Bosch fight. Did he not? <laughs> yeah, I think he missed weight for 185. <laughs> so we got a... Hashtag hogwash. <laughs> hogwatch. Um, hogwatch. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag hogwatch. And that's going to come up later because thanks to... At, uh, I thought you said hogwash. <laughs> this is hogwash. <laughs> this is hogwash. We know that uh, Johnny Hendricks has been eating at his own steakhouse. Hence, it's been going under. It's been a running team for his last few fights. Uh, his camp hasn't been... come hasn't came together even prior to that Tim Bosch fight. It was him training himself, having a lot of legal issues. He has since went to Winkle John, who rejuvenates careers. Uh, do see, they, though? I think they do. Who? Uh, Diego Sanchez. 
and there's multiple other fighters that go to prolong their careers where they would keep rapidly decreasing they can go and hold on there because they have a very i'm always a hater and you're always a lover of the winkle john camp and they they usually win in my eyes do they what's their record i feel like they're not a 500 camp i feel like they're like three to one like they usually win their fights no holly going john jones I know, look at Holly's records, like one out of the last five. <laughs> and John Jones, he popped Everything's for, overturned, so it doesn't John count. John Jones popped for four of the last five. <laughs> so is everybody else. So uh, Johnny Hendricks, interested to see what Winkle John does with him, but I think that the avenue of him winning in this fight is using his wrestling. Um, his last only win out of his last five fights is Hector Lombard in the decision. But prior to that, he lost has a loss to Neil Magny, which I feel like we made money on. A decision to Gastelum as well. And Steven Thompson had KO, but that was also a very uh, lethargic Hendricks. I got a big underdog here. This is my underdog for the night. I see Borrachina being a huge favorite, and it's because he blitzes people in the first round. But uh, I feel like Johnny Hendricks realized that this is his last time because... I don't know if he can stay in much longer if he can't beat a Borrachina type of fighter. The KO is there for this young man. Uh, I think Hendricks takes those shots, takes it in a deep water, and wrestling grinds him out. If not, maybe a TKO finish round three might have Hendricks sprinkled in here and there. I don't think Borrachina's worth the 8-8, did you say? Yes. Uh, uh, I feel like that's a little much for the for the proven. 8-9. 8-9 for just... I'm not going to have Borrachina on some. For 7-3. I could see the finish coming, but I think that's just too much of a... The competition level is vastly different. What do you feel like goes on in this fight? Johnny Hendricks gets clipped in his first takedown attempt, gets knocked out in round one by Borrachina. Everybody seems to see that exact same thing happening. Tim Bush showed you how to do it. Johnny Hendricks, this is too desperate. We got to see the way in. You got marked four months ago and now you're going against a heavy is it four months ago yes sir. oh shit okay damn it <laughs> damn it okay okay it's it's <laughs> over this is desperate i got TKO round one round one round your one. boy's been so much time that. spending about, about dieting damn it he, he's not it's off for him. He needs a yeah. whole... If he went to John Winks close. a year ago, if he moved the family down there, not just the camper eight weeks ago or four weeks ago, if he went down there a year ago and he changed his lifestyle and he was walking around now at a lean freaking yeah. 190 and the, he didn't have to worry about cutting weight and we were like, whoa, Johnny Hendricks is back and he just right. uses wrestling, I agree with you all day. This is a dangerous fight, but a Johnny Hendricks that got knocked out four months ago in a weight class he shouldn't be in, he's just lazy... That's fucked up to me. Oh, I am. I think Bo should get knocked out by Boracina right now. I still have because Boracina is huge. He's a dude that cuts from two hundred five. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. It's such a good point. Right now, I got Um, Boracina. So you're changing my mind, and I am gonna have him on some cards. And it's because that what we just made money on was that Cerrone fight, Darren Till. Zach same. We're this watching is why. the guard change and it we're, hurts. But we're also it's true. seeing fighters that are needing to fight because they've had they're coming off of injuries or coming off of issues and they want to get five fights in, but they're fighting I monsters. The way Borangino looked in his last fight. Yeah. I think his skill set right is so amazing. Pipe. Perfect fights. And just even the fights afterward, how dead on accurate the guy is. I just don't think Johnny can heavy, handle that kind of hits. accuracy. I am gonna stay still say though. I'm gonna have Johnny Hendricks on a few, just because I can see the decision there for him if he gets past the first. Borrachina on a few, but I'm not going to put Borrachina on a lot because it's too much. I will have Hendricks nowhere. Woo! 
that's a fun way to start off the night right there. Fun way to start off the pay-per-view. Moving on to the next fight, we got Steven Thompson coming in over my my boy Jorge Gamebrain Masvidal. Coming in, you know how we feel about him here at Lab B. He's a constant theme of our show because of his tenacity, his fight style. Kobe Covington, I feel like, is uh, his number two. We've been talking a lot about Kobe and the way he looks, and that's a lot in part to Jorge Masvidal. They've lived together for the last five years. They are not anymore. But uh, what I really don't like as of late with Jorge Masvidal, what he's been saying is me and Kobe might have to fight each other or I'll move down to 155. He's not – Cody isn't having that option, and it's making me not like that Jorge Masvidal is coming out with uh, overlooking potentially this fight that he has in front of him because Stephen Thompson is a very elusive, very crafty fighter. We also know what we're getting with – the 34-year-old uh, South Carolina native, man who has multiple wins in a very flashy style. Uh, spinning heel kick seems to be his favorite to take out a lot of people. Coming off of a loss to the uh, T-Wood in some of the worst fights he'll see ever as of seven months ago. Uh, then a draw, spit decision draw prior to that to T-Wood. But prior to that, 13-2 and record. Steven Thompson has been an ace in the hole, really been able to finish and stifle a lot of people's game. Great takedown defense. Uh, coming in at six foot for Steven Thompson to the 5'11", Jorge, 32-year-old Masvidal. Um, Steven Thompson is more of a one-trick pony who... It's that karate in-and-out style, very elusive and throws angles, but if there's a way to beat him, T. Wood just showed you how to do that. Takedowns aren't there for... Thompson and Thompson's ground game is good, but against good wrestlers with people with fundamentals, hence Jorge Masvidal, he doesn't tend to catch a lot of those submissions. I feel like Jorge Masvidal can do exactly what T-Wood did, and if he's training with Colby Covington, that wrestling is getting more and more on point, and Jorge Masvidal is always, always, always had crisp striking and very sneaky traps, high-level boxing, high-level Muay Thai and kicks. He's got, Jorge has a documentary coming out that he's teased a few times if you happen to catch this it goes over his whole career from fighting in the streets with kimbo slice to now and they're waiting i believe for this fight to put the final product but they already have the teaser out and he's talked about it a bit it looks like a wonderful show his father's interview his coach he's really a lifelong martial artist and uh put together very very classic wins jorge masvidal is coming in off of a loss as well to damian maya in a split decision um Biggest Maya flaw, though, is that sometimes he fights to the potential of his opponents and lose split decisions. Um, and he does go down. In most of his fights, he'll get hurt, Masvidal, but he has some of the best reactions and comes back together better than most people and wins decisions after that. I got Masvidal decision. Sneaky fight. I might have to stay away from this, depending on what the DK line is. I'm going with game bread, but uh, this, I don't know if it's going to be a higher score because I do have a decision going. What do you think goes down in his fight? Something that impressed me about Gamebred, and it's something you talked about leading up to his last fight, was how much study he put in to beat Jorge, or to beat uh, uh, Damian Maya. And we actually got to see his game plan on Maya is what we saw the eventual unraveling, and Colby landed a lot more punches and had a lot more exciting fight in three rounds than Woodley did in five. So whatever Gamebred's doing, whatever his mind's seen lately in fights, I like. 
I believe he can do that with Stephen Thompson. I believe he was probably refreshed to train for something else than wear a book bag for three fights. I think he's looking forward to being inventive in this fight. I think he knows what to stay away from as long as he doesn't get what that spinning heel kick. Yep, that's exact, and that's it, right? And Stephen Thompson has a good straight left. Where he chambers it really far back, that karate style, and hiya, right into it. I don't see Stephen Thompson getting finished in five rounds. We saw in the first uh, Woodley fight, we saw Wonderboy take a beating. Yep. Um, he withstood some punches in the second one, but really in the first uh, Woodley fight, yep. uh, I don't see Masvidal having that kind of power. Agreed. I do think he could get some kind of ground and pound on him eventually in the third, but I just don't see it being a finish. I'm hoping uh, with reversals and... He, I'm hoping, like you are, he's just all over Stephen Thompson right from the beginning. I'm such a Masvidal fan. Um, I can't go against him. I have him winning by decision here. I will have both guys peppered on cards. I could see that because the scary Masvidal thing... is the heavy underdog in this fight. He's he a is, minus 155. Uh, he's 7'6". Or six. plus 155. He's 7'6 on DraftKings versus um, Thompson's 8'6". And I that I have Masvidal on more DK cards than not because I do feel like he He's has hardcore. more avenues. He has more avenues. The scary thing, like I was saying before, is that he fights some people's potentials. Is that sometimes he's like, "Oh, you want to strike with me? Okay, we'll strike," and he'll lose a decision just trying to outstrike someone instead of using his wrestling. Um, but I think that's it, old school. If Damian Maya can't submit you, Stephen Thompson isn't. So I really, really hope that Masvidal gets in there and gets some takedowns because something that T would showed as well is that you can take Thompson down. Thompson isn't, you just have to get, you have to blast through that explosiveness. Um, plus 155. Could it also be another Leslie Smith underdog? Do we have contenders this card? Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we have double contenders. As much as you know, we're rider fight, though. Die game bread. Yeah. I don't feel I'm more secure about this. I'm more like comfortable with the other Vic. I think yeah. Vic. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm more comfortable with Vic winning that out by far. So anything else you got to sprinkle into That's this one? That's it. Hashtag team game bread. Hashtag all day or day. So moving on to the first title bout of the night. We have Rose, Thug Rose, Nama Yunus, Vorse. Joanna champion violence Yun Jacek, a minus six hundred favorite against the plus four fifty one fifteen pounder. We have Joanna being a longtime reigning champion coming in and taking the belt from Carlos Barza. Great coming out of the American Top Team. Uh, we're gonna have the height advantage for Joanna. And the reach advantage by half an inch for Joanna at 65 and a half inches, five foot six to five five rows. Uh, the 30-year-old champion is defending her title multiple times over. She's really cleared out the division. Uh, I've wanted Rose to really be a contender, and I've wanted her to mature. She only has a six and three record. She's coming off of the show being a dark horse that made it really far. But if we know anything that is with Rose is mentally, she is vulnerable. And Joanna has been saying all of the right things and right things to mentally get into Rose Namajunas' head. She has blatantly called Rose Namajunas mentally weak at standoffs, has gotten in her face and gotten into her Joanna, uh 
witchy type of character. And I say that because I saw a Photoshop of Joanna being the witch, Wicked Witch of the West. And it was (laughs) such a good Photoshop for Halloween because it fits her because she is right before the fights. I mean, she gets into that uh, bulldog mentality and she's not afraid to put a fist in your face. Uh, She can back everything. And I think that Joanna plays the mental games as heavy as she... uh, plays everything else she is not looking to lose that and rose is just getting better by separating herself from pat barry because she's as of late said that hey her and pat have realized that he gets into it she's looked great uh coming off of a win against michelle waterson what i'm hesitant in is michelle waterson is nowhere nearly the caliber of joanna joe and jacek nowhere near the caliber near the la- the fight before that, Rosnami Yunus lost a split decision to Carolina Ko- Kedelkevich. A three-round split. And that was a grueling, grueling fight. And I feel like Joanna can emulate, if not repeat, rinse and repeat what Carolina did. And the only way Rose gets this fight is in a flash submission. Getting one of those flying armbars, flying triangles, and catching Joanna in the first round. Do I think that happens? Nope. I just feel like Joanna's prepared for all of that because if we see it, she sees it. She's one of those astute, lifelong martial artists that studies everything. Jorge Masvidal also being a teammate. Uh, they're notoriously uh, friends as well. Joanna actually credits a lot of Jorge Masvidal and has been watching for a long time. And it's really humbling to see her be like, you guys don't understand. My teammate over there. My teammate. I fucking love their interaction. Um, mm-hmm. and she understands, together. she understands what of an underrated talent Jorge Malvedal He is my really hero. Is. I, he was always, I always looked up to him. Now I train with him. And it's the truth. Um, and Joanna, I think a lot of people respect Joanna where even Mazdin Vidal, Corey, or Cody Covington, all these ATT fighters, she's brought in stuff and taught, Hey guys. This is how you throw a punch. And all that. And her mindset. Reciprocating. Yes. Her mindset Agreed. is something that a lot of UFC fighters could look to to emulate. How hardcore, it, strong. It and emulates how she, around the room. 100% a winner. You can feel her confidence. It's you, you know who it's eerily similar to, and this is why the guy is so dangerous to me, and it's something I don't think anybody else is tapping on, and it's Darren Till. His He has this eerie belief That's in himself. That's what he's been doing, yeah. That... I believe I can feel his belief in himself and it makes me instantly believe like, Oh, it's kind of the exact same thing. I started to feel around, uh, Robert Whitaker. It's, there's just certain people that you feel the bubble when it's around them. You didn't feel in, in you could honestly, even us as UFC fans, as much as I wanted to believe McGregor and all this, we didn't feel it for that fight. We didn't think he was going to go out there and, you know, school the best ever and show him the what's what of the whole thing. Right. You know, like it was an interesting moment, but I think sometimes you feel it and Joanna just has that bubble around her of confidence that it, it, if she said the same exact stuff to Fabrizio Verdum, you'd be like, shit, maybe Joanna will fuck him up. Yeah. <laughs> She's intimidating. She really is. She just... The whole 360, her life is fighting. Rose is freshly married, has a dog, has a life. She is going to get so much better after this fight, but I think that there's a five-round finish. I think that Rose is going to just slowly get picked apart, and 
Joanna is a bit of a slow starter, but so is Rose. And I don't see just the striking being there. TKO round five. I think ground and pound elbows. Elbows finally finish this fight. Rose is going to just, we've seen the quit in her. I think that's what's going to happen. What do you feel like this is going? It's not be. I think you can put Rose on one or two cards just because I do think you're playing the flash armbar angle. And right. I do see that being pretty much the only option. But if we see it option. and we're guessing it, then Joanna sees it and guesses it. The only thing I'm scared about here at all with Joanna, and it's the same thing I felt about Amanda Nunes the second time her and Shevchenko were supposed to meet that she fell out. Joanna looking big. She looking a little too big for me. That's a little too com- much confidence and a little too much weight to cut at 30. So I'm nervous about Joanna here. She has she cuts a lot of weight to me. She's not a natural she's one, 125. She's not a natural 115er. She's a natural 125er and she's going to be chasing DJ's record. I predict this is her hardest weight cut. I don't think she takes Rose lightly, but the problem is is everybody else is trying to catch up to Joanna's game and Joanna's taking it to new levels each time. She has the mind to do that as well. I like Rose. I don't think it's because she's mentally weak here. I just think we see, I think Joanna wants a finish. And it just happens to be Rose that's in the line. This is too much too soon. It was only because Joanna had no one else left to fight. I think Rose is natural 115. I agree with Joanna. She will be champion one day. Just not why Joanna is champion. Uh, I think you put Joanna everywhere when you can afford her. Mm -hmm. That is... She's the favorite on DK. She's the most expensive fighter for a reason. She's one of the biggest favorites. For a reason. One of the biggest favorites. She lays out... Yeah, massive output. Massive output. I I would say probably the highest in the whole average. Average she has on DK, one of the highest averages as far as points goes. But I think she is going to be a heavy-owned fighter as well due to that, people figured. Because there is so many underdogs that have chances on this card that a lot of people will play her. But 9-2. 9-2 for... After, though... I think Rose, Dun- Rose is seven. Rose Namajunas versus freaking Jessica Andrade, Claudia Gadelia. How many d- fights that amazing I fights does Rose have? I love Rose. I think this is um, going to be her the best lesson she ever has that she makes an amazing amount of money 100%. to get taught. This is she learns how to be a champion. In yes, this, fight. this is, and, and I wouldn't be surprised. Rose is also a real martial artist, and Joanna is also a real martial artist. Their respect will show in the ring, and don't be surprised if you do not see in the next year to two Rose training with JJ somewhere, just mm-hmm. because that's the kind of. That she wants to be the best one day. She yeah, has that mentality. She's twenty five years old. I still love Rose. I just think this is too much too soon against somebody who is a sponge for the game right now. Agreed. 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 So moving on to the co-main event. To another main event. To another the main event. Title belt. This is Five probably rounds. got the most heat on it out of every of the, every single one of the fights. This is, in my eyes, the um, fan favorite. This is the what the fans are coming out for. And there's multiple fights that could be that fan favorite fight of the night. But I think that this just has everything with all the backstories, the changing of camps. The this is probably the cattiest you're gonna see a UFC fight ever ever be. The amount of gossip and hearsay and shit talking and back and forth. Um, 
What do this you think is, about all of it? Let's... it? So have you heard as of late Chris Holdsworth coming out and talking about the Joe Rogan, Cody Garbrandt? If the story but is true. It, which it is because Chris Holdsworth came out him said, himself and said, yes, I was getting up. I was on all fours and TJ Dillashaw need me in the back of the head. So hard it ended my career. Right? Exactly. Exactly, exactly. Um, this fight... He says his career's not over, Chris Holdsworth. He's saying that... Bean's brain just blew up all over the scene. <laughs> <laughs> but there's just so there's much so to talk much about. To say. There's so much. What he's... What Chris Holdsworth... So he came out and verified it and said he's going to come back eventually, but he still hasn't got his concussion stuff. And it started because TJ does do the all the dirty shit that the Team Alpha guys have been saying is 100% true. And does TJ learn from this? Does TJ realize that, uh, like, it doesn't stay in the gym when you're being a dirtbag? And does it make him train differently now? There's multiple other fighters that have had this reputation that their careers have started to slip because they weren't able to get quality partners because nobody was willing to get paid to get hurt. Because regardless of you get paid, if you can't fight yourself in a month because your partner's just literally beating you um, when you don't need to, and having fair shots just unfair shots just because your ego, uh, it's just a recipe to limit your amount of training, quality training, because other quality fighters are going to be like, fuck that guy, I got to fight in a month in the UFC as well. Why am I going to be with someone who might hurt me? on the in-between when we're just bullshitting on the side of the mat and he comes because there's people that are in that state of mind that they will come up um and even you'll be bullshitting the night's over and you'll be just be on the mat um asking someone else for help and they'll come up and knee you or do something to you and be be childish and be like ha 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 i got you where it's really like an ego fucking thing like dudes are weird and well it says one thing that dillashaw is five seven that is not true. Dillashaw is, yeah, no, he's 5'5". Five five. If he's lucky in height, it was yeah. shoes with inches. If he's wearing Floyd Mayweather sneakers. Garbrandt's also 5'7", though. I believe Garbrandt's 5'7". I don't believe Dillashaw is. Three-inch reach or a two-and-a-half-inch reach advantage for TJ Dillashaw as well. I don't like the dick in the gym thing. I don't like it, but... I also am not a champion, and sometimes I wonder if the same way I don't understand serial killers or um, Catholics, the same way I don't understand these concepts of, like, you, you know, murder or worship is the exact same thing. I don't understand the concept maybe of being a champion in that mindset, and so I wonder if Dillashaw is a champion, and when guys are the best, like people say, Dominic Cruz is like the most competitive guy. Yes, I, which that's and, the truth. Uh, There's truth behind uh, that. DJ might not, or Demetrius Johnson might not do it in his personal life, but I bet he's a bitch to play against in any of his video games. Yeah. You know, I bet he's really competitive in that way, and that's probably how he gets it out. I mean, we see him in the ring, Joanna. Right. It's, right, right, right. It, I wonder if it's the mindset of a champion. Is that with? And I think you're you're making very very valid points. Um, and we're just we're so deep in the gossip that I don't even know where I'm at, where we're talking about this fight. But you're again making very very valid points. Where T.J. Dillashaw did move to a camp that is solely T.J. Dillashaw, 
everybody is there for him. We're at Team Alpha Male. Everybody is there for the champ somewhat, but also to further their career. They really are a premium gym in the Southern California area that even puts on shows themselves. Something that's been talked about all week, and I would like to get your opinion on it, uh-huh. is... Uh, I think it's actually Colby Covington part of his thing with the whole Brazilian fight and everything going on with American top team and some of the fighters being like, I'm going to leave American top team or some of the coaches that left two years ago that are like mixing it in with their, like, this is despicable that Colby Colby said this. And I left American top team like all together. Um, I, is it a team sport? No, it is not. It is just like wrestling a hundred percent. Um, and there, there is team values that are associated where team points. But when you're in there on the mat, it is you versus the other person. That's it. That's it. I do understand that people around you do get you there. And even though, though in the team that I'm thinking of is much broader, um, because on a wrestling team, you're with your high school. American top team has clicks. It has American top team Boca Raton, American top team Coconut Creek, American top team uh, Jacksonville, American top team Vero, American top team uh, Illinois, New Jersey, California. American top team is a huge team and you, not everybody there talks or sees each other. There's multiple fighters on the American top team that are like, oh, I don't know much about them. I know they're at a top team, but we're at down here and we're getting ready for a fight. So... I think that it's really valid out of where Kobe Covington's coming from. He's speaking honestly as to his experience. My favorite thing that Colby said, I fight for American Top Team. I don't fight for the other fighters at American exactly. Top Team. Exactly. And if I'm winning, we can do what And him and Hori Miles. But I'm not into any cool. kind of hate, but I am into some kind of uh, sportsmanship fun. It's the same like soccer games, how they all have flags or you know, I, football teams. I feel like teams Colby... Have- at the heel personification that he's done with this fight, he's done it the right way, though, where he hasn't come after race, religion, sex. He hasn't done any of that. He's just been like, you guys treated me like a dirtbag. So <laughs> with that, we're That's talking about That's a different COVID. kind of dirtbag, Yeah, though, it's a different kind of dirtbag. Dillashaw's being accused of being. Yeah, Dillashaw's being uh, somebody who will limit your training partner. Good for Colby. He squeezed him into a category just now like McGregor used to. Yeah, everybody's talking. Everybody's, Everybody's talking. talking. So with Garbrandt, though, uh, he had the exact blueprint to beat Dominic Cruz. TJ Dillashaw is adapting and overcoming. He does have a team that's there for him, all dedicated to him. Ludwig did take Alpha Male's striking level to the next level when he was there for a few years. 100% proof, but him and Uriah Faber had some sort of beef that rolled over into many different avenues. To me... I know what I'm getting with an alpha male fighter every time I say typical alpha male, overhand right, good cardio, good wrestler. Team Elevation, they're that, getting other is that high what quality you felt fighters. About Cody's last fight, you didn't think something way different with Dominic Cruz, like he I, could be there coming. I think that Cody is specifically way better to beat Dominic Cruz because, like we've been saying with so many other fighters, Dominic Cruz had that belt for so long. Cody's been waiting to fight him for five years already. He's known how to be Since Cruz. he's grown up, right. he's been watching. TJ, he has, they have fought in the uh, mats before, and Cody has said he knocked him out, which that video came out, and in the back they showed uh, TJ went down. He wasn't knocked out, out but he, was, oh, he got right back up. Oh, I didn't see the video. I, think I, I thought I... Evil Tim was twi- 
Evil Twin was telling me this, and I didn't see it, so I guess it's unsubstantiated. Because yeah, I, I think I looked the video right, yet. but there's enough people now that Chris Holdsworth came out and said, "Yes, he need me in back of the head," and Holdsworth and multiple other people have said, "We have the video." It's more likely to be true, right? Like there are there are more. They've said it. More things have come true than what TJ has said. TJ also said on the show, "No, man, I'm not gonna leave the gym." And Connor was like, "Yeah." You're a fucking snake in the grass. And sure enough, you know, on the track records, what's going on here? So, though with uh, TJ, I do think that he is going to be the more innovative fighter out of the two. Where Cody Garbrandt is going to be. What's his most dangerous weapon? Cardio. Cardio and and, uh, pressure. Cody Garbrandt, though, has heavy fucking handed. So, you have to be very careful. He has really good wrestling, good hands. But I do think that um, he showed that he has a great... This is also... Fuck. Fuck, fuck. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> boom, boom, so, boom. So who also... Uh, TJ, because he had a recent interview, he was saying... Or no. Uh, who was just saying that TJ was on juice? Did you hear that coming out? Was it Chris Holsworth as well? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying, on Ariel. Right, 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 right. Saying, hey, well, yeah, we saw TJ's body change, and I've seen it, and I talked with Evil Twin about it, and we're like, yeah, we saw that. But the thing that is an idiot, Chris Holdsworth makes is an idiot, is don't think TJ wasn't the only one doing it while he was at Alpha Male's jackasses. Chad Mendez popped as well. Other people have popped at that gym. You know, you just implicate everybody by that. That's just something that you don't want to get out there. Uh, so we know the juice may be flowing on both sides because both of these guys may have practice in it. Five rounds. Cody's body doesn't look like juice. Yeah, I agree. Where TJ's has before. He's put on levels of muscle that I'm like, damn, I didn't think he could go more. And he turns more Super Saiyan. More and more riblets and more and more veins. Um, But, like I was saying, I think the innovation, the gas tank, uh, I think there's going to be a grinding split decision of a fight. And I think we have a belt returning home with TJ being a, a former belt holder. And new, I got the underdog here, 135, TJ Dillashaw coming in for the win. Dillashaw's 8-3 on DraftKings to Garbrandt 7-9. So DraftKings thinks the same way you think on this. Um, I'm going the other way. And I, I can the, see why. At the beginning of the week, I was all Dillashaw. I do think any way you cut it, Dillashaw is worth a ton of points on DraftKings. He's the underdog right now on the money That line. being said... His most dangerous thing that I remember coming about in the Ludwig camp has been his kind of fifth punch or fifth, you know, of his takedown. How it's just this gut shot, heavy, very fast takedown. That takedown, I started, I was watching it on tapes. Right before he does it, 100% of the time, he puts his hand on his head. Uh-huh. So if I see this tell, Knees, baby. my nitwit self sees this tell i gotta think every single person at alpha male has known this forever and they've been trying to train it out of him for a thousand years maybe Dwayne even gets after him for it but once he's back into the muscle memory of it um cody is one of the most accurate strikers watching all of his last fights great boxer great boxer and because of all his dancing in the dominant cruz fight i forgot how technically perfect that fight was Mm -hmm. like he really only took maybe two shots that i'm like oh that was a good shot from dominant cruz other than that it was a really clean fight i all the baggage and the fibbing and the lying and the gossip and the just the type of personality 
uh, kind of how everyone's saying um, alpha male is acting like a bitter ex-girlfriend. But I feel like, no, I used to think that. But now I look at it as Cody did it shady. He didn't go to them like, hi, I want to leave the camp. Thank you for everything out. Like, they didn't know anything about it. Conor McGregor's like, you snake in the grass. You're going to leave the camp. Like, everybody else kind of knew about it. it and not your teammates. Your teammates are kind of blindsided by this. Mm-hmm. This guy's a head case to me. I feel like I can see him as a little kid getting away with everything, just fibbing and lying and fibbing and lying. And he's bringing too much baggage to this. I think the press conferences are going to heat up over yep. the next couple of days. Uh, and I think he's a hothead. And I think he falls off game plan because Cody gets him out of his game plan. And I did think the last fight going in that Cody, I was worried about him because it seemed like he, Dom turned him into a hothead. Right, right, right. But now I've seen, Cody knows how to play with that. He knows how to play with that heat. Right. I never see Dillashaw come across well when he plays with that heat. And he tries to be calm and relaxed. And I think that's a dangerous way to take it. Um, I just... I don't know. I'm not feeling Dillashaw here. Maybe it's his personality. I think Cody is the coming of alpha male. I like who he is as a person, um, which isn't anything to be said in fighting. I just think it is a mindset as well. I think this is going to be such a great fight. It's hard to pick. I think both guys will bring you a lot of points, and I do think it's going to go the distance. Cody has fine cardio, too. I could see him finishing Dillashaw. I could pick this. Both guys on on either on both on a DraftKings card because it is a five rounder and they both have the type of output, standing, striking, wrestling, reversals, all of it for five rounds they can do at a high pace. I, I agree. Think. For a main event card, yep. you could put them both on it. Um, the reason I'm going with Garbrandt on this isn't a hometown advantage. It's I do think the fight's going to go to decision, and I think the dangerous thing for Dillashaw here it might be a controversial decision, but UFC. Yep loves Garbrandt. He's the guy that they want to build around. Dillashaw just doesn't put asses in the seats, and that's what this business is coming down to. So the dangerous thing is going to be when it goes to decision that we got some sketchy Alameda Burr judges. Yeah, hopefully that bitch ain't here. And Garbrandt wins this fight, but I think it's going to be an amazing fight. I got Garbrandt decision on this. I think either guy is going to be worth every cent. They're both cheap enough. Dillashaw's 8-3. Garbrandt 7-9. I think Dillashaw has a good enough chance to take Garbrandt's punches, and I think Garbrandt has good enough takedown defense to defend TJ's takedown. I think this is going to be such a great matchup. This is such a great, great fight. So the One more thing. Dillashaw is the hardest fight that Cody has had to date, including way harder than Dom. I think this TJ beats Dominic Cruz all day. Agreed with that. Agreed with that, agreed with that. And that was a controversial split decision Dom won. I was going to say both these records should be um, green. Their last so, fight should be wins the on both guys. Minus 185 favorite, almost 2-1, to one, Cody Garbrandt, to the underdog, plus 160. I got an under here. There's so many spread. This is such a great night of fights. Great. I'm so excited Unbelievable. about Unbelievable. Unfortunately, we go to our last Hashtag hogwash. Thank you at leg kick TKO. I'm more um, excited about this fight now that it's here. It, it is a li- has a little bit more of a fan favorite appeal because because they've been in it so long. But if you didn't see what hashtag hogwash that was on Twitter, it was GSP weighing in when he got off and off the plane on an embedded. He looked every bit of 185 pounds and 
It grew. I saw something move. He definitely gained a pound on the scale. Just saying. <laughs> Just go back and if you didn't see my research, there was high definition posted and everything. So uh, it was one of those Conor McGregor moments. Hey, GSP, put your dick away. That's why you're calling it the hog. GSP's hog. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Under Armour, Under Armour, get it together. Put a yeah. cup in there. Get a little, get a cock piece in there. <laughs> that's the under, that's the armor in the under. <laughs> Boom. There, that's trademark. Lap beep. Hashtag lap beep. So uh, we definitely know what we're getting with both of these fighters. Long time reigning UFC alum, GSP coming off of a retirement, fighting an entire career at 170 pounds, moving a weight class up to fight by far the biggest fighter he's ever fought. Michael Bisping cutting from about 205 pounds, uh, being the 6-3 fighter, 6-1 fighter to GSP's 5-11, and GSP's more like 5-8, 5-9 he ain't no 5'11". Um, GSP's 36 to Michael Bisbing's 38 years old. Bisbing has been defending, if you can call them defending. They're more just like weird fights. Uh, a lot of people say he's ducking the current interim champion with this specific GSP fight. And um, GSP is on that, again, that four-fight hiatus, or four-year, three, four-year hiatus. Uh Size advantage really plays a role for me in this. GSP is getting called out in all the conferences. He's being made uncomfortable. He, The biggest tell that has come out for me, and even Michael Bisping said it himself, he said, your trainer, your number one head coach who has been with you for every fight has went out and said on the radio, on the podcast, that he's not with your camp because he doesn't believe you can win this fight and he doesn't think you should come back because he looks slow. You don't have the twitch, you don't have the fire in your eye, and you're fighting a much bigger fighter. And Michael Bisping is 100% right because that's what's happening. One of GSP's longest coaches is no longer in that corner because of everything. Four years off, not fighting with the best, even if you're in there every once in a while. It's just, we saw, uh, I think, the best years out of GSP. The time off isn't going to help him. I think he's going to have ring rust. I feel like... Bisbing being such a big fighter, he's going to walk in back at like 195, 200 pounds. GSP's going to stay at 185 pounds because that's what he weighs right now. And this is going to be a death by a thousand cuts. Those takedowns aren't going to come in the first round. Second round, they're going to be even slower. Third round, Bisbing's takedown defense has been proven multiple times over. I don't think uh, GSP's able to put up with the pitter-patter. Uh, Bisbing hasn't had the most power ever, but he has finished multiple people. And I think it's, again, death by a thousand cuts. Michael Bisbing has a TKO round three. GSP steps away for good. And Bisbing then fights potentially Whitaker if Whitaker comes back in time. How do you feel this one goes down? <sighs> I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for this. <laughs> so I'm going to have bags of hate mail, like Santa Claus of hate mail. Michael Bisbing, it not ducking Whitaker at all. Whitaker is injured and out of play for the game uh, and has the interim belt right now. Luke Rockhold just came back, just came back, just fought a fight after a long hiatus from injury himself, and now he's back. As far as the game's concerned, GSP picked 
Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping didn't pick GSP. So it'd be like if they come to you and they're like, hey, will you fight this littler guy for way more money than this Australian crazy monster is going to bring you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. I'm going to take that fight all day. I don't think GSP has any idea what he's getting into the ring with Michael Bisping. I think he's going to get knocked out in round one. I don't think he's going to be ready for the onslaught at all. I think the tools that he has in his bag, every UFC fighter is trained for those tools forever. I think it's going to be a lot like the Ronda Rousey stepping back. I think it's going to be like Leota Machida back in the ring. I think it's going to be depressing and it's going to make for a lot of sad fans that are so excited for the GSP return. The one thing I hope it does bring is a whole bunch of eyes to see how awesome the UFC is and how many other fighters are in the UFC that are just as exciting to watch, if not way more exciting to watch in the Octagon than GSP. That's what I hope it brings. I think Michael Bisping needs to get past this GSP thing. If he's not going to retire, fine. He, he, in the exact same way as Conor McGregor, really needs to legitimize his belt to fight fans, and it's not going to do it fighting Henderson or GSP. It's going to be fighting Robert Whitaker or maybe even Luke Rockhold again or something. I don't know how that – it has to be Whitaker. I want to see all these interim belts. I want to see agree. everything unified. I 100% agree. So – Definitely I think he put Bisbing everywhere. Everywhere, 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 everywhere. Put Bisbing. I am going to have him all over. Every I think that GSP is going to be backstage. Brendan, I am terrified. By far the biggest fighter he's ever had. He should By be terrified. By far the biggest fighter he's ever had. He um, should be He's terrified. essentially fighting two weight classes up. That's how big Bisbing is. So... Definitely remember to follow us. Yeah, follow us on Twitter at Lesbo and the Bean for all things Lesbo and the Bean. Go to lesboandthebean.com. And really, once again, thank you guys for listening. It's really appreciated. So remember to like and subscribe. Lesbo and the Bean!